0: 77 W-A-B-C. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you.
1: Happy birthday, yes, Sydney. I love you so much. Good morning yesterday. You wake up and time has slipped away. And suddenly it's hard to find The memories you left behind Remember
2: Do you remember The laughter So, last Thursday night, Bernard, I uh, got a message on my phone and it said, 92% of your voicemail is now full. And my phone recommended that I delete... All these messages, many of which I received over the last 10 days since my dad passed away. And as I was deleting these messages, I came across that one, which I didn't even know was there. My father singing me happy birthday almost three months to the day, April 19th. And I kept it, and I saved it, and I decided to play it at the top of today's show. Because I have to tell you this, Bern. in the 10 days that I've been out, I can't believe that I even had this discussion with our owner, our boss, John Katz and on Monday. I can't believe the amount of folks from all over the country, Bernie, not just New York City, that reached out to me, my mom. My mom's got hundreds, if not thousands of condolence cards when you and Russ gave out the address last week. Reached out to me that A, knew my father, B, didn't know my father. And made what was a torturous 10 days somewhat a little easier. Just like you did, Bernie, on that Wednesday morning, the day before my dad passed away, when I saw you for that first segment, which was tough. I'm not surprised to hear it. I mean, the phone
3: call you made uh, that Thursday morning afterward, I mean, I I had tears in my eyes. So it was uh, extremely moving. Your dad was, as I've said before, he was just a wonderful character, a great individual, a great dad, great granddad. He, he was the patriarch of the Rosenberg family. And uh, people love you.
2: And so and by extension, they love him. Yeah, I saw that. Thank you for saying that. So, you know, we're not going to spend all day on my dad. we got to get back to work. There's a lot going on, obviously. But I do want to talk about what transpired over the last week. He did pass away uh, last Wednesday. We had the funeral upstate on Friday morning. That was brutal. I had to stand by the, by the gravesite when they put my dad into the ground and say some words about my father. And that didn't end well. I started to cry. My mom said, just get off. Um, that was Friday, and then we, after that, went back to my mom and dad's house in upstate New York, and we began to sit shiver, which, of course, is a week long. And to be honest, Bernie, I couldn't stay a week because after four days of staying in my mom and dad's house and seeing my dad's clothes and seeing my dad's pictures and all the stuff in the house, that's my father's, I couldn't stay. So after, like, the fourth day, I went back to New York And I said to my wife, Danielle, I said, I got to get out of here. I I can't be in New York. I can't be upstate. I can't be anywhere that's going to remind me of my dad. And uh, my wife, Danielle, said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get in the car this morning. We're going to take a three-hour drive to Newport, Rhode Island, where I've never been before. And we're going to spend three days just hanging out. And you can go down to the water and talk to your father and do all the things you want to do by yourself. And as you notice this morning, I'm wearing the Newport yep, sweatshirt. Yep. Now you've been to Newport, Rhode Island, right? I
3: have. It's a beautiful place. I mean, I I went up there to work. Uh, you know, we had an affiliate up there, but uh, oh, I miss yeah, I did some whatever, some cruise on the, the water there or whatever. But it, but either way, it's a beautiful place.
2: Beautiful place. Uh, a lot
3: of money. Money place.
2: Big-time money. The mansions, we took a boat ride, they it, talked, John F. Kennedy stayed there. I just going to say,
3: that's where he stayed uh, after his marriage. That's You're right. And when he first got married.
2: Him and, um, and his wife stayed there a lot, actually, and they showed us the house, Jackie Onassis. And it was a lovely couple of days. And then I got back, and my mom and my sisters, Ray Sherry, Alana, and Elizabeth, listening right now, they um, finished the shiver, they walked down to the lake on Friday morning, and uh, that was it. I do want to thank uh, Josh Organbaum and his brother, the dentist. They actually have a place in upstate New York, and they drove to my mother's house last Sunday to pay their respects. They don't know my mother, but for me and for my dad, Josh and his brother actually drove to my mom's house. And it was rough that day. It was still very early on. right? And they spent about an hour with me and my mom and Danielle and this my is, family on Sunday. Uh, again, speaking of patriarchs, that all
3: starts with uh, another really, really good man, a really wise man, as we talk about all the time, our friend Heshy Organbaum, who raised some uh,
2: wonderful, wonderful uh, children. Ironically, you mentioned Heshy Orgenbaum. He's already texted me this morning. Guys like Pete Morgan and Corey Zelnick. I've had folks that have texted me, and, and I'm sorry if I don't mention all your names, but they've texted me every single day. I mean nine consecutive days. I will get up in the morning, get a text that says, thinking of you, love you, miss you, can't wait to get you and Bernie back on the air. And this, is, uh, this has uh, gone even this morning at 4.30 a.m. I started receiving texts in anticipation of you and I coming, uh, coming back on the air. So uh, the last uh, time I was here, Bernie talked about it was a Wednesday morning uh, little uh, segment. Thursday morning I called in to him and Russ when my dad, in fact, passed the night before. And, and for me, and look, I actually felt bad at one point, Bernard. Uh, uh, losing a family member is not exclusive to me you lost your mom, you lost your sister, you've been through this. And I started to feel like, okay, Sid, you're not the only one to lose a mom or a dad, but I couldn't help it. I felt like I had to post something almost every day. And the one thing, and I'll end my father conversation with this, the one thing that's going to be really difficult for me today, Burn, almost every show after 20 years, almost every show, and you know this because I've shown them to you, My father would send me a text. And he'd say, great show. Tell Bernie, great show. Great show. Great show. Great show. show." You know, he did that up until the Monday of our final week. Right. He passed away on Tuesday night. Great show, son. Great show. Proud of you. Love you. Tell Bernie, great show. There's not going to be a text today.
3: No. But uh, look, uh, as I texted you. Instead of uh, dwelling on his passing, it's, it's, uh, it's time to celebrate his life. And he had a wonderful, wonderful, fantastic life. He really did. Uh, it doesn't make the passing any easier, but uh, that's how you, it helps you get through it, is to, uh, again, celebrate instead of dwell on the negative, uh,
2: celebrate the positive. No, I think you're right. I think once the, the shiv is over now and we've done what we've had to do, now, we, we do. We, we we spent yesterday, actually, my family talking about all the cool things that uh, me and my dad did. In fact, there is a relatively big-time publisher. This is true now, Bernie. First time I'm uh, talking about this. There's a relatively big-time publisher that reached out to me that is a huge fan of this show and asked me if I'd be interested in writing a book which I've done one other, of course, my biography, You're Wrong and You're Ugly, in writing a book like Tim Russert did. Remember Tim Russert's book, Big Rush. Sure.
3: In fact, Big Rush. that's right. Exactly. Yeah. That was it, yeah.
2: If I'd be interested in writing a book about me and my dad and, and offering some pretty good money, and I said, of course, what what better way to to actually... Uh, pay, tribute. I'll pay, pay tribute. Pay, to pay my dad. Right? Good Lord,
3: that's fantastic.
2: Isn't that unbelievable? That is. Truly Th- is. That was offered to me uh, actually last night. So we are going to do that. We'll... Um, We're going to do what you talked about and and move in that direction and celebrate the life of Harvey Rosenberg. As you said, Bernie, uh, four children, many grandchildren, and on top of that, many great-grandchildren. He's got over 10 of those. So Uh, my mom, Naomi, is having a very, very difficult time. She's upstate, and I'm going to have to take some days off, obviously, because I can't leave her up there. She's all alone. My sisters are there, but my dad's not in that house, and she's really not doing well. They were married, you know, 67 years. That's a long time, Bernie. Uh, Extremely. That's even longer than you were on Imus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah. that's a long time. That's, uh, that's a damn long time. I
2: mean, look, that alone, he was married to the woman he loved for 67 years. I mean, that's quite. Well, I don't know if he loved her for 67 years, or they were together for 67 years. I got years. you. I hear you. <laughs> I mean, there were some uh, bumps in the road, pronounced. No, they, they loved each other. She's, she's, uh, she's in terrible shape, obviously. And I know she's listening this morning, too. And I love your mom. And. She uh, battled through it last week. It wasn't easy. But um, we're all proud of you, Mom, and we love you. And In fact, I'm going to go back upstate on Friday and spend the weekend with her. But that's it. So we got a, a big show coming your way today. There's some other stuff we must discuss. It's Monday. That means Rich Lowry's going to be here, right? Uh, indeed, as every Monday. I mean, there is so much uh,
3: in the news, so, so much. It's hard to know where to start, where to begin, where to pick up. Yeah. Uh, from all the developments from last week between uh, you know the police and uh, you know the, the
2: the race for president, which is uh, really at this point it's less than four months away. That's all it is, and some sports stuff too. The as I told you before the show today, outside of my dad and I posted, like I said about my dad almost every day, Instagram at Sid Rosenberg, Twitter at Sid Rosenberg, Facebook Sid Rosenberg. The only thing I tweeted outside of that was this uh, this low life mother effer prick, Sean Jackson this wide receiver of the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand how the Eagles, with a Jewish owner, Jeffrey Loria, and a Jewish GM, Howie Roseman, still employ this creep. But I did, uh, in fact, tweet about that. We'll get to that today, as well as one of the most legendary organizations in the history of any sport, not just football, Bernard, but any sport, is set to change their nickname today. And I just just don't get it. I just don't get it. (laughs) You don't? Do you get it?
3: I understand it in this day and age. Uh, I I think it's wrong. I mean, as far as I can recall, they did a poll of, uh,
2: you know, Indians, uh, Native Americans... And the majority were like, we don't care. We don't care. But FedEx cares, and Amazon cares, and PepsiCo cares, and Nike cares. And Nike Nike, and FedEx. Right.
3: Those are the two. The two big the, ones. The FedEx
2: Stadium. Right. So Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Redskins, who moved to Washington from Boston back in 1933 and won three Super Bowls and had legendary coaches like George Allen and Vince Lombardi. They're about to change their name today, and we'll talk, hopefully, to former Redskins Super Bowl quarterback Joe Theismann. About that one one 848 wabc one 800 Once again I thank all of you For your love and your support Over a difficult time Which has not gotten easier I gotta be honest I'm 10 days in It's not getting any easier But I needed to get back to work today And see you Bernard And kind of get back on the horse So here we go folks Strap in Bernie and Sid On a Monday morning yeah. I can feel heat Coming
1: around I go to my
3: Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show and everyone on the 77 WABC app. How's that for a a welcome
2: back? A little Bruce juice for you, Sidney. Big Harv was a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I I, uh, specifically remember the Born in the USA tour when I went five consecutive nights at Giant Stadium. And every night I got more effed up than than the first night, the night before. And by the fifth night he said, please tell me you're done going to these concerts. I could barely even walk in the front door. And I said, "Well, I have no tickets tonight, Dad." And he said, "Thank God." So he never really enjoyed Bruce Springsteen after that. I was a mess on that fifth <laughs> night, but <laughs> but uh, but he knows uh, he knows that I love Bruce Springsteen. So thank you for that. Yes, no, absolutely, absolutely. Whatever
3: whatever gets Sid Rosenberg through. It's a tough, tough time. But uh, you are a consummate pro, my friend. Oh, I got to tell you, Bernie. you really Come are. On.
2: You want to? Thank
3: hey, you. Hey, listen. Uh, uh, some of the minor, uh, more trivial news stories is that uh, Shep Smith. He's got a show on uh, CNBC, 7 o'clock at night. He's going to take the uh, news. I
2: guess he lost
3: out on MSNBC to the black woman Joy Reid. He
2: did. And by the way, Russ the, 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 uh, Russ Salzberg, thank you very much. Russ Salzberg is another guy that sent me messages every single day for like nine consecutive days and did a wonderful job filling in with you, Bernard, and uh, Frank Morano, and Rich Valdez. So thank you for that, Russ. But yeah, I guess he lost out to Joy Reid. But you're telling me that Shep Smith, the guy that yeah. anchored afternoons at Fox News, the best he can do is CNBC? CNBC. He is a white male, despite
3: the fact that... Uh, but He's gay! I mean, despite that, I mean, it doesn't matter. These days, uh, you know, I, I, everything is upside down. It's got to be one way, and that's that. I would think that no, no, midi-
2: no mitigating circumstances. Really, you don't think the gay part would help him
3: get something? It, it, it would be a card in his favor, yes. But apparently uh, he lost out to, ironically, the homophobe, <laughs> the, uh, the, the liberal, racist black lady, uh, Joy Reid, who will now take the 7 o'clock uh, slot on MSNBC
2: replacing the vaunted Chris Matthews. Yeah, I miss Chris Matthews. He, he, listen, we were friendly with Chris. He went crazy. And that brings up another guy. And I'm going to do this all day today. So please excuse me. And just It's just going to be today. Forgive me. But uh, one of the guys that's on MSNBC in the morning with, the, uh, with Joe and Mika is a guy that you and I were very close with dating back to the days of I miss with Chris Matthews. And that's Mike Barnacle. And Mike Barnacle sent me, Bernard, the nicest, a very long and really, really sweet message. He was one of the surprising guys that I heard from. So when you mentioned Chris Matthews and MSNBC, I do want to thank Mike Barnacle for reaching out. A guy that we loved not that long ago. Listen,
3: I'll never forget what Mike Barnacle did a lot for me. Did a lot. Speaking of dads... He once set up a whole weekend, uh, did Mike Barnacle. My father loved, of course, the Fighting Irish. They were playing B.C. and Boston. Wow. He set up. He got his tickets, hotel room, everything, the works, everything. Took us out. He was fantastic. He's been a great friend forever. He once donated to uh, Mr. Imus when we were raising money for Wounded Warriors. His wife is a big exec at a bank. Uh, Once donated a million dollars to that cause. A million dollars. So, uh, look. Despite the fact that uh, he's been captured, he's got that Stockholm syndrome, as Bill O'Reilly alludes to in his uh, weekly column this morning. Uh, he, you know, the MSNBC Stockholm syndrome. You work there, you become brainwashed and uh, a little deranged. A little a TDS sets in. E- nevertheless, uh, we still Mike Barnacle is still a class act in that regard. Now, uh, a couple of uh, sad deaths: Jay Severin, who used to be a regular yeah. on the IMA show. He was a Boston uh, radio
2: figure. He passed away. Yeah, he was actually a regular, after the i show, he was a regular weekly guest on my show down in Miami. And I remember the first time he was on, my producer, Eric Langell, saying, damn, that guy is smart. And he ended up working with Glenn Beck, of course, for many, many years on Glenn Beck's network before he died. But he was a very good friend of ours. You and I loved us. A wild guy. Very smart, but wild. And he died uh, a young man. I think he was in his late 60s from cancer. That's too bad. I really did. I uh, like Jay
3: Severin a lot. Uh, during the t- after we got fired, I did like four hours with him on the radio in Boston. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm just uh, I was I just heard it from you this morning. I'm sorry to hear that. Now uh, John Travolta's wife, Kelly Preston, you heard that from me too.
2: She also died. Well, uh,
3: yeah, yeah, she died from uh, breast cancer. It's I see it now all over
2: uh, yeah. the. Uh, The newspapers, but... uh. Very young, too. 57 years old. Bernarchi struggled the last two years with breast cancer. You know, John Travolta, and it's funny now I've become friendly with this kid, William DeMeo, who's been on the show with you and I. He's the guy that writes, directs, and stars in Gravesend, and... He also reached out to me a 1,000 times the last 10 days and reiterated he's got a big role for me coming up in next season's Gravesend, which is on Amazon Prime right now, four episodes. But he was best friends with John Travolta. He made that Ghani movie here in New York. He actually played Sammy the Bo Gravano. And on his Instagram early this morning, I saw that Kelly had, in fact, passed away. But John Travolta has had a ton of tragedy. Remember his young son died? Yeah, his troubled young son. Yes. Now his wife is gone at 57 so, uh, hey, the, n- <laughs> Not to mention the, uh... The masseuse problem. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, but he looks good in a in a in a rug. He does look good. He wears
2: a yeah. rug very well. Listen, he's always going to be the handsome Tony Manero dancing Friday night to 2001 Space Odyssey in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Everyone's and of course Danny Zuko down on the beach in Greece. Everyone's always going to love John Travolta.
3: Up your nose with a rubber hose. That's even better. That's Vinnie Barbarino. Welcome back, Cotter. And of course we're going to get into all the news, folks. We have uh, you know they, they actually put that uh, black lives matter the uh, the graffiti on fifth avenue the we had a one-year-old boy shot and killed in brooklyn late last night a one-year-old this is all on the hands of uh the media overreacting to george floyd the black lives matter which is not really uh they don't care about black lives it's a marxist uh listen i've had time to look into it bill o'reilly was the first to uh to turn this stone over, this is a stone-cold Marxist organization. They do not care. They don't give a rat's ass about black lives, even at the hands of police. That is a front that was exploited. They were ready to go. So you have a one-year-old black boy was shot in Bed-Stuy in Brooklyn as well. Uh, the coronavirus, the schools debate is really, really heating up. Speaking of which... Uh, Herman Cain and Kimberly Guilfoyle, two of the more uh, notable people who came down with the coronavirus uh, while we were on the break. Apparently, according to Don Trump Jr., Kim, Kimberly uh, has uh, no,
2: no symptoms, feeling no symptoms whatsoever. I actually spoke to Kimberly yesterday. She reached out to me about my father. Kimberly Guilfoyle. Very nice. And uh, she said she was feeling great. She's fine. She's, yeah. she's okay. In fact, she and, was uh, doing stuff for President Trump this weekend. And that will lead, that lead us into a, a
3: conversation about coronavirus in general and about the uh, pandemic porn panic that has uh, re- resurged all over cable news. It's, it's really disgusting. And, uh, you know, the school thing is big, big, huge, huge, huge. So that and the, the police nationwide, the spike in crime, and some of the uh, we know about that we're in the throes of madness and cowardice but there is some uh, courage out there we'll get into that as well on the Bernie and Sid 1-800-848-9222 we'll come right back I
1: can't remember when you were there when I didn't care for anyone but you I swear We've been through everything there is Can't imagine anything we've missed Can't imagine anything
2: the two of us can't do through the years, 6.41 on your Monday morning, we are back, Bernie and Sid And I've dedicated this show today to my dad, Harvey Rosenberg Who died two weeks ago tomorrow I never missed a show. Through the years, Kenny Rogers, he also passed away, by the way, a couple of months ago. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. The phones are open. And uh, one of the discussions we were having last segment before the break was the coronavirus and how it's back in a big, big way. I know my family was down in Florida. Uh, They came back a couple of days early when my dad passed away. They loved it down there. They had a great time. And my daughter, Ava, for example, her best friends live in Florida. And she stayed with uh, one of her best friends, her best friend, Katie's mom, Lisa, with Danielle and Gabe when she was down there. And they were so freaked out by what was happening at the end of their stay. And what we've heard since that we offered Ava an opportunity to go back to Florida to be with her friend Katie and Jessica in two weeks. And she said no. Uh, She is really deathly afraid that it's out of control. And it is. We're hearing reports like they may even have to have to. It's still uh, a while away. August 27th may have to postpone or even cancel President Trump's big speech in Jacksonville. So and I talked about this two weeks ago. My fear was was that Andrew Cuomo, this murderous piece of garbage governor in this state, was going to look good after all of this. And when you consider what's going on in Florida and Arizona and many states across the country, maybe outside of Connecticut, Kentucky, and Massachusetts, whether you want to admit it or not, he does look good because we had no deaths this weekend. We are not spiking and going up in numbers. The rest of the country is. So my greatest fear, Bernie, is what's happening today in the coronavirus in this, you know, latest, you know, outbreak or or uptick. Governor Cuomo, unfortunately, Looks pretty good today. Well, not when you consider uh, deaths per 100,000. Well, I get that and all the elderly people (laughs) that died months ago, but I'm talking about today, right now. Nobody died here the last couple of days, and these other states cannot boast that.
3: They can't. No, you can't. Not not today, but when all is said and done, I mean, even if you add up the numbers and stop right now, stop today, he loses big time.
2: Well, give us those numbers that you've got there.
3: You you want the numbers? Yes. Uh, The deaths per 100,000 in New York... Well, let me start with uh, Florida. They're up to about 20 per 100,000. 20 in Florida.
2: That's a big number. They were like seven at one point.
3: Arizona is up to 30 deaths per 100,000, and uh, Texas is about 15. New York's numbers, deaths per 100,000, 170. Deaths in the United States, deaths in the United States per 100,000 are 50. We fare better than uh, France, Italy, Spain, and the UK. Uh, and they're all down below 80. Now, that's still half of what New York State has. We are twice as much as, the, as France is as the worst case in Europe, which is 80 deaths per 100,000. New York State is twice as bad as the, as the worst country in Europe. So I don't know how you could say that Governor Cuomo looks good. We shut Look, the, look at the collateral damage. What they're doing down there is... is they're reopening, and they're taking it easy. You find a hot spot, you slow it down, but they're not killing businesses for good. They're, not, uh, they're, they're trying to reopen and contain the virus at the same time is what, what you should do. You can't just blanket lock down listen,
2: everything. Uh, listen, I, I, of course you're 1,000% right, and you're very learned on this, being that you and I have covered this thing from day one, since March 11th, the last time somebody died in the city before Saturday. But what you don't understand is, the majority of the public doesn't get all that. What they see is, is no one's dying <laughs> in New York. So the it, numbers are down. It, Donald Trump is uh, getting pounded. Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. The, the,
3: the, the, the public doesn't get it. Yeah, we know. The public is stupid. That doesn't change the facts that I laid out no, no, or what no, I, I just said. And
2: that's why I let you go through the facts because if the public wasn't sure what's going on. So, you just laid it out. But I'm telling you, well, whether you want to believe it, accept it. I was in three different states the last 10 days that Andrew Cuomo right now is getting credit. For slowing down the deaths I, I know, this, in this New is York State? people
3: tune in, to get the truth. I right here. And they're getting the truth right now, right here. And that's what these, these – first of all, it's young people. When you hear about hospitalizations, listen to the wording. Listen to the wording. They're new cases because people are being tested. They're recovering a lot faster, uh, partially because of the drug remdesivir, partially because they're younger people. And uh, when you listen to – when they talk about hospitalizations – well, we're almost full with hospitalizations. They're not talking about people with COVID. They're talking about people, generally speaking, yeah. The, yeah. the hospitals, there. people who were put off treatment during the quote-unquote pandemic and waited to reopen to, 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 for things to clear up a bit. Now they're in the hospital. That's what they're talking about. They're not talking about
2: hospitalizations of COVID-infected people. Right. No, there's no, listen, I hate Andrew Cuomo. It's fake news. I, I told you. Weeks ago, I used the word hate in a tweet, and I felt uncomfortable using that word. But I hate them. And I know all the things you just laid out. I know all those things. Uh, Unfortunately, the more people I speak to on a very anecdotal basis, again, I get that, they don't get it. And and they're seeing Florida's got to shut down again. There are certain states that were in phase four that are now going back to phase one. Atlanta, Georgia is going back to phase one and because we have taken our time and destroyed small businesses and destroyed people's lives we're not going backwards because we already destroyed all those no, lives no it's easy to just, <laughs> just just blanket nobody's opening
3: they're trying to work through it and do it, 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 it you know it's it's a minefield it's tough there are risks and there are rewards of course but but the, a blanket
2: lockdown causes way more damage yeah, but- than the virus itself. No no, no argument. In fact, I had this conversation at dinner with Danielle last night. You know, she really despises the mayor, Bill de Blasio. She will tweet at Pursuit Catch almost every day something very nasty about Bill. And I hate Bill, too. I I hate them both. Uh, But I'm always quick to add Cuomo to the conversation. Don't just talk about Bill de Blasio, the worst mayor in the history of New York City, the worst mayor in the country. You have to add Andrew Cuomo because he's got the ultimate power. I said to her, I said, By the way, you want Bill de Blasio fired, he's the one guy that can do it. But he won't do it because he knows that as long as Bill de Blasio is in power, he's not as bad as the mayor. He's deathly afraid if he puts somebody in there that is actually competent that will start paying more attention to him. But don't just talk about de Blasio without including Andrew Cuomo. I mean, right? That, that it's a two-for-one deal. Uh, uh, Cuomo's, uh, plus, he, he's the smarter person, but he's the more devious.
3: He's a sneak. he's a smug, sneaky, devious, pandering uh, POS. Double-talking weasel is what he is, who's got, uh, again, the, the nursing home thing. What he did was disgusting. Him and, and Dr. Death, his health director, uh, Dr. Zucker. They put out a statement They, they say, no, this is, this is why it happened. They're blaming the relatives of the dead, infected, elderly COVID patients in nursing homes and the staff, not their directive that, that mandated that these elderly people go back from hospitals. No questions asked. Just send them back. Doesn't matter if you have room or not. Take them. Take them now. And once you take them, then, then you can let us know if you don't have room, and then
2: we'll look around for you. By then, it was too late. Let's move this conversation to President Trump. You said in the very first segment, and you're right, we're less than four months away from November 3rd, the election. And depending upon what you watch, now again, 99% of the media is against President Trump. He, uh, he's not going to win. You know, Biden is, you know, lengthening his lead every day, and Donald Trump is suffering through this pandemic and the riots and and the statues and all the stuff that's uh, that's going on. And I know not once but twice last week. Once with Sean Hannity on Thursday, and then again with Greta Van Susteren. He took Dr. Fauci to task. Said he's a nice guy, but he's made a lot of mistakes. You you, you do know, of course, I know you know this that the a lot of the country is blaming President Trump for what's gone on uh, with the deaths and and some of these uh, cities and states. And my question to you is, why? Because, well,
3: you, you, said, you gave the answer yourself, 99% of the media. This uh, pandemic uh, a porn, a uh, panic porn that we're going through, you see, all, it leads all the local newscasts, the fake local newscasts. First of all, New York, we're doing great, great in New York. Fantastic. We are doing wonderfully here in New York, <laughs> finally. And we were told back in the day by, by uh, smug schmuck Cuomo himself, uh, we are your future, we are your future. We were told this is going to be a sort of a rolling outbreak and then it slowed down for a while and we thought maybe maybe that wasn't going to be true. It turns out that that's, that's the case. We had ours here in the Northeast. They're having theirs down there, but it's still not nearly as bad as what we experienced up here, especially in New York and New Jersey. And again, with the horrible, horrific five Democratic states with their mandating that the nursing homes take back the the elderly with COVID from the hospitals, uh, the the numbers just skyrocket. And I I mentioned the the deaths per 100,000. That is the ultimate metric right there for who did well and who didn't do well. Right now, they are the uh, the South and the West, and including California, by the way, going through uh, the same garbage. And and by the way, these were the same people who uh, encouraged large gatherings
0: yeah.
2: Of protesters. Now, yeah, we still are, too. Bill yeah. de Blasio said it again this week. Exactly. We're, we're good with that. Go out there and protest. Yeah. So and- so the, the hypocrisy is rank. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the,
3: the fake news is just gross and disgusting and distorted. And so, therefore, people do have a distorted view. But hopefully, I mean, the truth will out. Right now, people are back out. It's summertime. When these things start to come into focus in September... When you get the uh, the the president versus Biden and all that stuff debate, and people and and stuff starts to settle down, and and then we we see some of the real facts, some of the real numbers that some of the ones that I mentioned about deaths per one hundred thousand, where New York State is twice as worse as the worst country in Europe, New York State, and meanwhile you have uh, Florida is twenty about twenty deaths per one hundred thousand, as opposed to New York's. Uh, One hundred and seventy about yeah, you, 170. You, and you never hear
2: that. And if you read any publication today and for the last week and a half, because I paid close attention, all they're talking about is Florida. No one's talking about they're New talking
3: York. about Florida, but they're not talking about uh, ICU, which is no. uh, the, the, the hospital capacity is not it, it, it's not in crisis at all. No. And uh, New Orleans, for example, is sending uh, uh, sending stuff out to other people. New Orleans had their big scare, their big surge,
2: yeah, and they're back down now yeah. as well. They so, had so it about, people, the, yeah, about the same time as Detroit, actually, New Orleans. That and, was and right that, after us. And now they're good. Yeah, 1-800-848-WABC, one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. 848 9222 He's great on our Monday morning on this program. which Lowry, the editor of the National Review, he'll be here next hour, and uh, looks like a former Super Bowl-winning quarterback of the Washington Redskins. Yes, the Redskins, after being in Washington, D.C., since 1933, are ready to change the nickname today after receiving pressure from some major companies and some figurehead of the American Indian Association. So we'll talk to Joe Theismann coming up later on in the show as well. Bernie and Sid, back on a Monday. Good to have you folks back with us.
3: Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. That's right. Coming to you. We are heard everywhere, by the way, on 77 WABC app and simulcast. First time for you, 107.1 WLIR-FM,
2: 107.1 FM, out on the Eastern Long Island. Yeah, first time for me, the, uh, the folks in the Hamptons. Uh, in fact, they're going to get uh, Russ coming up at uh, 10 o'clock this morning. That's very exciting. Very exciting. Very exciting indeed. Now, look, there are so, so many things out there.
3: It is really, really tough to pick and choose which to start with which not to of course uh joe biden emerged from his basement last week gave his economic plan uh, and and he called it uh build back better and it turns out he not only plagiarized the president he's trying to you know make it in america this nonsense he's trying to rip off his populist message uh build it back better or whatever the hell the phrase was was something that the u.n came up with just a couple of months ago so the plagiarism continues he is beleaguered uh, with that. He stumbled. He mumbled. It rained. It was terrible. It was awful. Roger Stone got pardoned. And you would think, I mean, everything, by the way, every reaction to everything President Trump does is so apocalyptic, over the top, overreaction. It's unbelievable. I mean, forget about the fact that he didn't even pardon Roger Stone. He commuted his sentence. Right. That's it. The That's guy's it. a 67 year old first offender. But uh, he, 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 it he, was nonsense anyway. It was, he, was, he was caught up in, in, in a hoax. And, of course, you had people like Bill Clinton, who pardoned uh, uh, the biggest tax cheat in American history, a guy who sold, Ill- illegally sold arms to Iran. He pardoned that guy after his wife, Bill Clinton, on his last day, after his wife had donated, donated a half a million dollars to the Clinton Library. He also pardoned the Puerto Rican <laughs> terrorist, who was the Grand
2: Marshal of the Puerto Rican... No, Labor. that was Obama. Was that Obama? Yeah, Obama Obama, uh, pardoned two folks. He oh, pardoned, and y- the, the guy what? that changed, transitioned to a girl, Chelsea. Bradley Manning. Right. So he did Felipe Lopez, something like that, something Lopez for Epe, the EPLN who blew up the bomb also down at that, uh, the place down in Lower Francis Manhattan. Tavern. Yes, Francis Tavern. Right, right, right. That was Obama. And, uh, well, Bill Clinton also uh, pardoned a woman.
3: And by no relation to Sid Rosenberg, but her name is Susan Rosenberg. She's a huge Black Lives Matter fundraiser. But not only that, she's a domestic terrorist who bombed places. She got fifty eight years. Bernie Kerrick is actually seen in a picture escorting her from the Newark Federal Courthouse with an. He's holding a, an AK forty seven, and uh, anyway, she w- she was doing fifty eight years. And he pardoned her after 15 years on his last day. And now she's a huge Black Lives Matter fundraiser. Uh, so and, and which, by the way, Black Lives Matter has been exposed. They care nothing, nothing oh, about black lives. Come on. Whatsoever. It is a front. It's a Marxist front. It totally is. They exploited everything. Again, to create or exploit a crisis to gain control. Uh, that's what the, the whole global warming thing was about. They scare the hell out of you, and they try to uh, you know, change the, change the, your way of life. Uh, the coronavirus, they did the same thing. They exploited it, tried to use it to achieve their agendas. The George Floyd shooting, yeah. they did it, and they did it very successfully. Now yeah. you have people on bended knee, uh, people submitting you have uh, white people acting crazy, and even black people now saying, what the hell are these people doing? The, the, the president of black entertainment television saying black people are laughing at you white idiots. Uh, you have all that, and plus, let me just mention this, uh, this, uh, this whole cancel culture. This poor guy who runs uh, the CEO of Goya, he's at the White House. I actually was watching this live, believe it or not, last week. I, I think it was Thursday. Uh, the president's doing this big Hispanic initiative, and the president talks about how... Uh, they're an American treasure, the Hispanic population in this country, American treasure. Couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have said any nicer things about Hispanics, Latinos. And then the, the, the CEO, Goya, comes up, and he says this.
4: We're all truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. We pray for our leadership, our president, and we pray for our country. And Oops.
3: I, 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 of course, he, he did the same thing with Obama. But you t- again this uh, over the top, just the uh, the sky is falling type of reaction. Boycott Goya, yeah, led by a, 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 a sniveling coward named uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, who is trying to make amends for playing portraying a slaveholder yeah. and glamorizing and glorifying a slaveholder. Yeah, yeah, that's what that is. That cancel culture. So he's trying to uh, 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 you know buy his way back
2: into their good graces. I'm sure. Now one of the the um things that uh, popped up with cancel culture we'll talk about this later but now that you brought up cancel culture I was taken to task a bunch the only thing I tweeted in the 10 days since uh, we've been on vacation outside of my father of course was at the Sean Jackson story where I said the Philadelphia Eagles should cut this son of a bitch right away I mean just get rid of him and I was taken to task wait a second wait a second Sid of all people that's cancel culture I'll explain later why it's not cancel culture and why what he did is, in fact, deserving of a fire. Good. All right. You know, and you're right about that, the hypocrisy. Again, we don't have
3: much time, so that's why I'm just whipping through these things right here. Uh, of course, I mentioned the fact that the carnage, that the Black Lives Matter uh, and, and their overreaction and the media's overreaction to the George Floyd murder has caused the deaths of hundreds of black people, hundreds. They have caused the deaths. Black Lives Matter. Yes, ironically, with that propaganda name again, it is a propaganda name, just like Antifa, anti-fascist. They're the epitome of fascists. It's just as if, as I mentioned before, if Al Qaeda called themselves bunnies for babies. I mean, it's <laughs> just, it's, just happening? it's it's just a stupid garbage. They should do it. Slogan. They should change the, their name like the Redskins. <laughs> this uh, punk De Blasio out there painting oh. uh, that that BLM graffiti on Fifth Avenue. And what? Where? By the way. Lots of cops are stationed in, in Trump Tower. Yeah. But anyway, we'll get to that. It's NYPD cop in the Bronx. He's actually uh, putting a chokehold. And of course, all the newscasts are calling it it's a headlock. Now it's a headlock. Chokeholds are now headlocks. When you do it to a cop, it's a headlock. If a cop does it to a, a, a perp, it's a, it's a chokehold. Anyway, this is what that sounded like in the Bronx. This is the kind of respect the cops are going through right now. Take a look. Right here.
5: He had gangster because he got a badge of a gun. Out of here, y'all know this is pussy, bro. Y'all wild and yeah, yeah, y'all this is wild bro. Look, bro. What's up with you, bro? He's a, two, yeah, two, two cops. rata, thought him up. His... Yeah, out yeah. yeah, of here. Fuck out of here. You pussy. Yeah, hold that. Yeah, hold that. Yeah, look. All right, that's p- all I can stand. You
3: smoked him. You smoked him. So, it, nice. so he's calling the P word. He's saying S my D. just smoked you, pussy. Oh, hear my that? God. You hear that? Now, that, that's what, what's happening now. Uh, Are you allowed to shoot that guy? Is that illegal? The uh, SBA, actually, the Sergeant's Benevolent Association, our friend uh, Ed Mullins. Anyway, the association tweeted this out. Corey Johnson, your stupid law is about to be signed by New York City. In other words, cutting the cops. Uh, by New York City's stupid mayor. And it's time you both take your community input and grab these perps yourself. Because that's Bill de Blasio's new, sp- new plan is to send community organizers into uh, the, these dangerous hoods. Uh, anyway, you just hear that. That is absolutely disgusting. By the way, uh, 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 SBA, they tweeted at Ingram Angle, at uh, Candace Owens, at Tucker Carlson, and at Judge Janine and at John Matitis, J. Katz2013, believe it or not, just uh, reaching out to everybody. Now, there is some sanity there was, uh, this carnage going on in the black communities around the country, and it is. Local news doesn't tell you that. The local news says, well, yeah, there was a spike in crime in Bed Stuy or, uh, Fake news. Yeah, up in, uh, you know, uh, up in Martin Luther King Boulevard in Harlem or whatever, excuse me, Adam Clayton Powell Boulevard in Harlem. They don't mention that it's a national epidemic, really, right now, all caused by the overreaction to the George Floyd murder on which we were all united, yep. and Black Lives Matter and Antifa hijacked it, along with the help from the media. Anyway, Marce- Marcellus Wiley, oh. former big-time football player, him along with uh, your friend Jason Whitlock, uh, they have they have a, they have a pair, and this is what he said: Marcellus Wiley said on Fox Sports himself about the uh, a the NBA being allowed to wear stuff on the on their jerseys, and b about the problem in the black family, in the communities, without fathers. Listen to them.
5: I don't know how many people really look into the mission statement of Black Lives Matter, but I did. And when you look into it, there's a couple things that jump out to me. Being a father and a husband, that's my mission in life right now. How do I reconcile that, what I just told you, with this mission statement that says, quote, we dismantle the patriarchal practice. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. Children from single-parent homes versus two-parent homes. The children from the single-parent homes, this is in 1995 I was reading this, five times more likely to commit suicide, six times more likely to be in poverty, nine times more likely to drop out of high school, 10 times more likely to abuse chemical substances, 14 times more likely to commit rape, 20 times more likely to end up in prison, and 32 times more likely to run away from home. I knew that. You know why I knew it? Because a lot of my friends didn't have family structures that were nuclear like mine, and they found themselves outside of their dreams and goals and aspirations.
2: And he goes on. but He goes on about single parents' homes and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Well, one thing about Marcellus Wiley, who went on to have a very, very good NFL career, big-time defensive lineman, he went to Columbia. I know. He's no dummy. Because he had good parents that, that made him get a good education. This is what I've been saying forever. Hey,
3: School Chancellor Carranza, blacks are capable of passing your stupid uh, test to get into elite schools. They're capable. And none other than uh, he found religion, this guy Don Lemon. That's all I can say. There is some hope. Don Lemon said this about the
4: black family as well. Take a listen. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues. So please, black folks, as I said, if this doesn't apply to you, I'm not talking to you. Pay attention to and think about what has been presented in recent history as acceptable behavior. Pay close attention to the hip hop and rap culture that many of you embrace, a culture that glorifies everything I just mentioned, thug and reprehensible behavior, a culture that is making a lot of people rich, just not you. And it's not going to.
3: Now, of course, uh, I mentioned all of these things over the past few months, especially the past few weeks about the family. And I quote uh, black thought leaders, very well respected black thought leaders when I do that who say the same exact thing but except the problem with that is that, that that was Don Lemon in 2013 oh my god he would
2: not dare no way he would not dare no way under that Piece of truth no, today. Not even close. 1 800 848 WABC, 1 800 848 9222. We will hit the phones for the first time today, coming up in a couple of moments. Then, of course, the editor of the National Review here for his Monday morning spot. He's always really good, Rich Lowry. And with the Washington Redskins set to change their nickname today after being the Washington Redskins since 1933, Super Bowl quarterback Joe Deisman, he's going to stop by as well, plus all the news. And more on my dad. We've dedicated this show today to my father, Harvey Rosenberg. Bernie and Sid, back on a Monday. We're glad you're here. 7.28 on your Monday morning, back on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. The very, very smart. He's brilliant, in fact. Rich Lowry, editor of the National Review, is set to join us in about 10 minutes. Washington Redskins Super Bowl quarterback Joe Theismann in the 9 o'clock hour. Do want to thank Bill O'Reilly, too. That was just a great little piece he had. He does it every morning on this program about 7.22 a.m. Well, for his uh, beautiful messages that he sent me, along with a guy you mentioned uh, last segment, Bernie. Bernie Kerrick and Bo Dietl, all those guys. Again, the, um, the reach has just been overwhelming, and I do want to thank everybody. And again, if I miss a name, it's, it's uh, only because there were so many names, I can't get, I can't get to every single one. But I, I thank all of you. Let's go back to the phones for the first time today, Bernard. Let's go to um, Mike and Yonkers on three. Good morning, Michael.
1: Hey, guys, good morning, Sid.
6: My thoughts are with you, bro. Nothing but love.
2: Thank you, pal. Thank you.
6: Hey, um, so this past weekend, I went into a Target, and there were, you know, the shelves were pretty empty. I went looking for
5: flip-flops. And uh, I was talking to one of the store managers, and he says, yeah, we just don't have anything coming in because of this whole thing with China. And, you know, from the very beginning, I was saying Trump should have been,
6: Trump's uh, campaign slogan should have been, make it in America again, instead of make America great again, because you know i mean that that'll fix a lot of
2: problems that we're having in this country well listen he, he has done that though so i mean the slogan and thank you for the kind words is nice but he has done that this is how he returned here it worked yes it did <laughs>
3: yeah that worked pretty well it was so. part, that was part of the message but um, that's that's a good point yeah, it's and, fine, and, and yeah. it's why uh, joe biden is stealing it actually plagiarizing i mean well, he's tone, done that before joe biden <laughs> tone deaf tone deaf joe biden who by the way i hear uh, he's considering as his VP pick, he's going to eschew uh, the female candidate. He's going to pick uh, this guy by the name of Hawk
2: Newsom. No, he's not. The uh, New York uh, Black Lives no, Matter, you cut who that said, out. "I'm going to burn this bitch down." No, he did say that. Yeah, Hawk Newsom. He well, he said, "Quote: We will do anything we have to." including violence, to get our message across. Yeah. That's Black Lives Matter, folks. Meanwhile, he lives up in the Bronx with Mommy. Yeah, of hey, course. Hey, hey, Hawk, take the garbage out, all right? <laughs> right? Here's one more quick call. Larry is on Staten Island. Bernard, he's on line four this morning. Good morning, Larry.
7: This hey, is How are you? Sorry to hear about your dad.
2: Thank you, buddy. Uh, Thank you.
7: Uh, I heard that uh, Joe Biden's uh, campaign manager was in Walmart this weekend buying a bib and some diapers for Joe.
4: Who said that? <laughs> uh,
7: uh, anyway... Uh, The thing about Cuomo, this guy is really killing the city with the bail reform. All the guys are coming back out and creating all kinds of crimes. Well,
2: that, that was my point this morning. You know, we uh, a lot of folks are hate Bill De Blasio, and and believe me, I'm at the very front of that line. I hate Bill De Blasio too. But as I said to you, Bernie, earlier today, you cannot just talk about mm. De Blasio without adding this governor, who's just as big as a creep, if not more, because he's, he's evil. He's not stupid he, like Bill he, De Blasio. Exactly.
3: He knows what he's doing, and he's pandering. This uh, cash no cash bail law. We've been talking about that for a year. Yes. Leading up to its passage uh, earlier this year. Uh, We've been talking about it, how it's going to, you know, boomerang backfire, cause a crime wave, and boy has it. In addition to, of course, the uh, riots and all that stuff, you put it all together, and it's a powder keg, and he's smarter than it. Him and the guy who helped write it. His name is State Senator Todd Kaminsky, who was a Brooklyn D.A. He helped write that
2: bill, and it's costing people their lives, black people. Carl Heastie is another guy that knows better. And just to kind of go over this, I I mentioned this earlier this morning, just so I'm sure about this. If, in fact, Andrew Cuomo, the governor, wanted to replace Bill de Blasio this morning, he has the authority to do that, yes or no? Uh, he, ca- he can do it, but yeah. I believe uh, it would be Jamani Williams who would
3: replace him. So, in right. other words, oh, there's boy. no, uh, <laughs> I mean, the alternative may be worse than the, <laughs> who knows? I, I mean, don't may- know. Maybe Ju- uh, I doubt it, but uh, maybe Jamani would be better. It couldn't be much worse than Bill yeah. de Blasio uh, painting graffiti on, fi- Black Lives Matter graffiti uh, on gross. Fifth
2: Avenue. I know.
3: Because he got booed at a George Floyd
2: uh, uh, protest memorial or whatever the hell you Williams, by the way, is currently the public advocate, and his job is, of course, uh, take Bill de Blasio to task. And according to our good friend Eric Ulrich out of Queens, he does do that, so that's good. But uh, you're right, not exactly a, uh, a great choice if, in fact, Cuomo did what he should do, and, and I can't he can't explain yep. to you why he hasn't and remove Bill de Blasio today. Now if they could put John Katzmatidis in Ah, there now you're talking, right Bernard. Or, or Don Trump Jr., by the way. Either one of those would be great. Talking about great Rich Lowry, editor, National Review. He's coming up next. He's we're great.
0: And end the cash bail system once and for
2: yes. all. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Yes, we're back.
3: Sydney and myself. Uh, Sydney being very stoic this morning. Still in the, the throes of mourning, but... Uh, He's a consummate pro.
2: Thank you.
3: Uh, We are here, of course, uh, you can listen to us at the 77 WABC app. Download it right now, folks. And on the line with us right now is a guy who joins us every Monday morning at 740. He's a brilliant guy. He's the editor of the National Review and also a syndicated columnist. Columns all over the place. Good morning, Rich Lowry.
6: Hey, how's it going?
3: Good, Rich. Could be worse. Rich, uh, listen, your latest column is, uh, of all people, uh, defending and praising uh, Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook, for defending a free speech. But uh, here's my question. We're going to get to that in a little bit. It's a fantastic column, and it's a very, very important one. But uh, my question is, people are still talking about the uh, president's speech uh, at Mount Rushmore on July 3rd. And, of course, the reaction to it. I mean, what he said, he talked, uh, they say he talked about confederates, uh, people in the confederacy, and that it was all about white supremacy. And the Washington Post actually said... He reached the new depths of depravity. It was, it was uh, in other circles, we think it was one of the greatest speeches the president ever gave. Where
6: does Rich Lowry come down? Uh, I love the speech. I mean, the coverage of it is just totally removed from reality. And is the most hysterical and dishonest coverage of anything the president has done in three and a half years, which is saying a lot. I, I watched the speech, and then, and then I looked at my Twitter feed, and I see dark and divisive, you know, I, I see a speech about white domination. Like, what, were they, what are they talking about? Right. You know, and, I, I, and I had to go back and read the transcript to make sure I just hadn't missed something. But it's what they, clearly what they wanted the speech to be. So they, they just reported it that way.
3: Now, talk about Stephen uh, uh, Steve, uh, Douglas, uh, Abraham Lincoln,
2: uh, yeah. Muhammad Ali, for God's sakes, and uh, Ulysses yeah. Grant, everybody. It was a great speech. I thought it was great, too. You know, talking about um, some of the figures that Bernie just mentioned, we are seeing, of course, over the last couple of weeks, rich people just uh, ripping down statues. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You know, I saw a very interesting piece last night on 60 Minutes. I don't know who the gentleman was, African-American man. And he said, the dumbest thing we should do is rip down the statues. He said, what we should do is leave the statues up and then put a plaque in front of the statues that corrects some of the history. He said, listen, Jefferson, Washington, these guys did own slaves, but they did a lot of good for America, too. So instead of ripping these things down because it is history, let's just correct it by putting up plaques in front of these uh, monuments that we've ripped down the last couple of weeks. What are your thoughts on that?
6: Well, I don't think anything should be ripped down. I, I think uh, I, I do favor removing some of the Confederate statues, but it should be done in a, a deliberate manner. I think the problem with some of the, the the plaques, and people try to do that with some of these figures, is, is the plaque makes it seem totally ridiculous that you have the thing up in the first place. You know, if you put a plaque next next to Nathan Bedford-Forest, you know, here's a guy who tried to destroyed the country and then founded the KKK, and the statue is put up here for racist reasons. Right. So why is the statue up? But um, I, I don't, And I don't think Jefferson and Washington, I don't think you need any explanation. I mean, these are great men who are, are being honored for the right reasons. Uh, they, they are flawed, as all of us are, and they're being honored for the incredible achievements that made this country uh, what it is. And, and one thing I liked about Trump's speech, this, this idea of this, Statue Garden, you know, it seemed a little excessive. You know, to have like fifty statues and involve these random people, but the idea uh, has been offered over the years by various people. It's sort of a compromise proposal: leave up the statues you don't like and put up statues of people you do like. There should be more statues of Frederick Douglass around the country. I, I don't think that would be that be an adornment of the country. It wouldn't be a bad thing, and it wouldn't be controversial.
3: Did I say Stephen Douglas before? I yeah, think I did. did. Yeah, he the did. former yeah. Supreme yeah. Court justice. No, Frederick Douglas, of course. Uh, Rich Lowry from the National Review. Uh, Rich, uh, also you have uh, an unbelievable turn of events uh, with this cancel culture. It's been going on, but it's reached uh, really a boiling point uh, with the, uh, the CEO of Goya Foods. He, he goes to a, a, a Hispanic opportunity, uh, you know, press conference with the president, praises him. Says we're blessed to have this president. He did the same thing with uh, Obama. And, again, the apocalyptic, over-the-top reaction to stuff like that, of course, uh, I mean, it's designed, obviously, to shut down free speech, which is what you talk about in the uh, Mark Zuckerberg piece, uh, that, your latest column. But uh, give us your thoughts on that and the, and the reaction to it, of course, uh being led, I believe the boycott Goya thing is being led by Lin Manuel Miranda, who himself was victimized because he glamorized and glorified
6: uh, Hamilton, who owned slaves. So uh, I'm not sure did did Hamilton own slaves? I'm I'm not sure Hamilton. Well, owned you slaves. you know but... he he th- that
3: that always was a question mark to me. He married into a family that owned slaves, oh, okay, right, the right, Schuylers right. uh, uh, up in uh, upstate New York.
6: Got it. So. Goya, it's it's ridiculous. It's another indication that a, a lot of people in this country just can't stand the idea that anyone uh, disagrees with them. And Goya, it's a it's it's this isn't like fancy food, you know, it isn't foie gras. It's like a, a, a staple uh, for uh, for families, and they do an enormous amount to serve uh, poor people. So why would you punish this company? just because the CEO says something you dislike. And, and, and the idea that, you know, what beams we buy, uh, we can only buy beams from companies with, with CEOs, you know, with views we all approve of. I mean, it's just perverse. It's just it's this ongoing insanity that's, that's getting really worse is. by the day. Well, and, so, uh, so you guys, I'm surprised you guys haven't wor- worked your way up to the worst thing that's happened in America.
2: The worst thing that's happened in America. Uh, let, let me think about it. Give, give me one hint.
6: Well, well you should know. 20 bed and bath locations closing around the country. Oh, my God, Bed Bath & and Beyond. And it's, it's so
2: funny you mentioned that, Rich. Just yesterday, I bought my wife, Danielle, a robe on the one on 89th and Broadway, and I did see that story, and it was heartbreaking.
3: <laughs> it, it actually oh, is It is sad. I love those yeah. stories.
2: Oh, that story's the best. I walked around for 20 minutes there yesterday. See, Rich, I left a lasting impression with you on Bed Bath & Beyond. Hey, you know, but talking about all these issues and President Trump with the speech and the Goya and all that stuff, every time you come on, Every Monday, I ask you the same thing. If, in fact, the election was tomorrow and not November 3rd, who would win? And without any hesitation, every single time you've said Joe Biden. Now, just so you know, I asked Bill O'Reilly the same thing on Thursdays. And the last two times I asked him that question, he agreed. That Joe Biden would, in fact, win tomorrow. This despite, we know, the silent majority and the Trump folks that are afraid to say it. So I'll ask it again with all this stuff going on with Trump the last couple of weeks and months. If the election was tomorrow, who's the next president of the United States?
6: Oh, Trump will get his head handed to him tomorrow. Head handed? Uh, oh, yeah. Give me
2: some numbers when you say head handed. Give me some numbers.
6: Well, you know he's losing by nine points nationally, and let's say that's exaggerated, and uh, uh, you know people are, are shy Trump supporters, so you know that gets that lead down somewhere. You know even if it's half, that's that's a that's a loss, a pretty handy loss. Um, and and the big thing is, which we haven't talked about in a while, is you got the COVID thing still going, and people really disapproving of his handling of this this crisis. Uh, and I just don't see how there's any way around that for him, uh, at the moment. I mean, he, he needs that to get better, uh, and he needs the economy to improve to, to have a puncher's chance. Now, still, you know, we're gonna, we got more than three months left. We're gonna enter a phase where every day feels like a year. So there's time, but there, there's no doubt. He, th- this will be now, I, I would, say, probably the most amazing comeback victory of any incumbent president if he wins.
3: Let me just say this as a Trump supporter. So we have them right where we want them, <laughs> exactly where we had them four years ago. Uh, yes. And, uh, of course, uh, the elections are decided not by national vote or national polls. It's, it's by state by state, which he won uh, handily last time around. Also, he ha- President Trump has uh, uh, b- amongst his, his, his supporters are more enthusiastic, way more enthusiastic than Joe Biden's, who, by the way, came out this week, gave a press conference, and of course is being accused of plagiarizing Trump's uh, position, appropriating it, and also his "build build it better," uh, whatever the slogan was, ripped off from uh, the UN. So he keeps putting his foot in his mouth.
6: Yes, yeah, so I look back that four years ago, basically today. Trump was down six to Hillary, and he's down like eight eight point eight to biden so he, he, there's reason to say what you, what you just did you know it, it was bad, and the coverage was uniformly bad at that time. No one gave him any chance except for for folks like you bernie um so yeah so yeah, i I'm never going to count him out it's just it, it looks grim, and if it were held today, it would be bad let me just good, say, good let just say being
3: held today let me just say this for the good of the country, I think you know if Biden gets elected. We're done. We're yeah. toast. Yeah. Then, then we have AOC and uh, you know, Black Lives Matter running
2: this place. She'll be the Speaker of the House. Last one, Rich. You're a big sports fan. I love that about you. A big Yankee fan. Virginia guy. D.C. guy. And uh, it was announced that at some point today it looks like the Washington Redskins, one of the great organizations in any professional sport, are set to change their name to maybe the Washington Warriors or the Washington Red Tails for the uh, Tuskegee uh, National Airmen. Uh, they're going to change the name that's been around since nineteen. 19- 1933. I think it is absolutely ridiculous. What do you think?
6: I agree. I mean, no one would call them that today, right? Uh, So it's an anachronism, but it's a harmless one. No one roots for the Redskins and says, "Oh, this is what I'm going to go call Native Americans (laughs) because this is a team name. (laughs) Uh, No, no one say, "Oh, the the cheerleaders are the Redskins," so that's what we that we should that's what we should call Native American women. It's it's totally. A manufactured controversy. It's a a, a great tradition uh, in Washington. I'm, I've always been a Redskin hater, even though I grew up in, in in Washington. But the burgundy and gold, the fight song, uh, the name, the logo, all of that is is a wonderful tradition. Uh, and it's being destroyed pointlessly. Right. I mean, it, it doesn't affect anyone's lives negatively. No. That's what that team is called.
3: Just quickly, as you pointed out, they did a poll among Native Americans
2: they don't care, right? They don't care. But unfortunately for them, FedEx cares and uh, Nike cares. Right, yeah. And when they care, that's uh, that's when it's all over. Such great tradition, right? George Allen, Vince Lombardi, all those guys, part of that great Redskin organization. Hey, Rich, as always, you were amazing today. Thank you so much for your Monday morning presence. We'll do it again I next week. So.
6: Have a great week. All right,
2: which thank you very much, the great Witch, Lowry one 848 WABC one eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Talking about the Redskins, Super Bowl winning quarterback Joe Theismann set to stop by in the nine o'clock hour. Get his thoughts on this, plus uh, more on my dad coming up in about eight minutes. Bernie and Sid on a Monday. I forgot to tell you, Bon Jovi also listening. I'm the bro- broken. For my well, this is a perfect
3: song for you, right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah, uh, back on the Bernie and Sid show, heard it everywhere on the 77 WABC app. And as I mentioned, a million things uh, out there, lots of stuff. One thing we haven't talked about is the uh, big debate over whether or not to reopen schools. Well, I mean, you got the uh, carnage out there, yeah. you got Biden and uh, Roger Stone, and the coronavirus spreading all over the place. But with notwithstanding that, Should we reopen the schools? Of course, uh, the science and the data
2: says yes. But we're not going to. We've uh, already been told, basically, that for my son Gabriel, he's in private school, and for my daughter Ava, it's going to be staggered. So they'll go to school one week, and they'll stay home the next week. By the way, that's from my son. My daughter may not go to school at all, uh, but at the very least, at the very least, here in New York City, with this a-hole mayor and this uh, murderous governor... Uh, these kids, my kids, will not be going to school every day this fall. They won't. And, of course, uh,
3: kids don't transmit the disease. They hardly show symptoms. Uh, and and the, the downside, the emotional, the mental problems that they suffer is uh, you can't even measure that. Uh, and, of course, child abuse reports are, are are down drastically. And that's because the kids don't go to school and the teachers and the other kids don't see that they've been abused yeah. so they're just continually getting abused at home now just look at the uh, case out on long island with that NYPD sadist who made his kids sleep in the uh, garage out yeah. long island yeah. and the one kid was peeing the bed so he's particularly hard
2: on him and he the, the kid ended up dying he died was and, an eight, and the, he was an 8 year old kid he died the same day as Kobe Bryant so it didn't get a lot of uh, a lot of Push on this show, but that was a tragic no, story. It
3: got pushed from me, but uh, I will say this: that uh, it was the schools that noticed that the kid was being abused, and they didn't report it. But they do normally report th- that type of stuff, and that's going uh, unnoticed right now. There are kids suffering right now as we speak. And for political reasons, they want to sacrifice the kids for political reasons because the data and the science doesn't back up the people who do not want to open the schools.
2: Not just uh, the uh, the stuff you're talking about, which is the really, really bad stuff, but children, not my kids, thank God, but children that are not doing well. They're not getting their work done. They're not taking their school work seriously. It, it, they're, they're not at the computer. They're out all day just uh, doing uh, bad stuff. Distance learning
3: does not work. Ask the parents. Ask most. It works for some people, right? But
2: for most people, it does not. And parents have to go to school, right? I mean, excuse uh, have me, to go work. To work. work, right? Right. It does work for Gabe and Ava because they've got Sid and Danielle. Anyway, we'll uh, take a short break. When we get back, we have got the third hour of today's program. Lots of stuff like Bernie talked about from Deshaun Jackson. Sad death. John Travolta's wife Kelly Preston passed away overnight. Breast cancer. Just fifty-seven years old. And talking about death. A voicemail that my dad left for me. That I've only heard once I'm going to play it when we get back Right after Deb with the news WBC
0: Happy birthday to you Happy birthday
1: to you Happy birthday Yes, Sydney I love you so much Good morning Yesterday You wake up and time has slipped away, and suddenly it's hard to find the memories you left behind. Remember, do you remember
0: the laughter and the tears? So, as I
1: told
2: you earlier. On Thursday night, I got a message on my phone. Welcome back, by the way. Burning and Sid, hour number three on this Monday morning. Got a message on my phone that 92% of my voicemails were used. And I was running the risk of not being able to receive any more voicemails. And the majority of those were from you folks out there. Since my dad passed away two weeks ago tomorrow. So I went about deleting messages on Thursday night. I stated this earlier. And I came across that message which I didn't know existed, my dad, Harvey, wishing me a happy birthday almost three months to the day. April 19th, of course, is my birthday. And that was one of the, um, you know, one of the more torturous moments over the last 10 days. And we're going to put this to rest after this segment. You guys have been with me for the better part of two weeks from that opening segment that Wednesday morning. He died that Wednesday night to my 7 a.m. call-in with Bernard and Russ that Thursday morning, to where we are now, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of uh, folks that have reached out to me and my mother, who has received thousands of condolence cards in upstate New York, not just people in the business, and I mentioned some names that were very surprising to you, Bernard, earlier today, but all of you listeners, I mean all of you, that sent baskets and food and cards and have been just... Relentless on Twitter, at Sid Rosenberg. Instagram, at Sid Rosenberg. Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. Every day, uh, people that have texted my phone every single day in the last 10 days, uh, almost two weeks since my dad passed away, it, it has just been unbelievable. I never could have predicted this, Bernie. I'm being serious. I know that people enjoy my work, and they love you and I, and we're the best morning show in New York City, but I never, ever, ever could have predicted the the amount of love that we've received the last couple of weeks.
3: Well, listen, it it is understandable when people love you. That's what they do. They reach out and they show it. They display it in times like these. And, by the way, that was your dad singing uh, Happy Birthday just a couple of months ago.
2: Yeah, three months, uh, April 19th, about three months ago.
3: And he was, uh, at that point, he was 88 years old, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. He sounded pretty good for
3: (laughs) 88 years old singing Happy Birthday from... A facility, I believe, right? Yeah, it
2: was. He was in a facility. And, you know, he sounded pretty good Monday night before he died on Wednesday. Tuesday was a, uh, was a, a very, very tough phone call. But but he was, he was a great man, yeah, a great
3: character, a great dad, the patriarch of the Rosenberg family. And uh, he lived a great life. And that's what we should be celebrating.
2: True. Uh, many children. He's got four children, obviously, but many grandchildren, many great-grandchildren. You talk about Naches. He's got that, too. And we all gathered together. We, uh, we buried my dad uh, Friday, not last Friday, the Friday before, in a uh, cemetery in upstate New York, where he lived, of course, uh, right by the softball field. We played softball every Sunday morning. That was Friday. And then we started to sit shiver that afternoon at my mom's and dad's house. And I told you, the shiver lasts a week. I couldn't stay a week. By the third or fourth day, Bernie, I was so I had enough. I I was staying in my father's house. I, I saw his clothes. I saw his pictures. I saw his saxophone. I saw his work stuff. I saw all those things that, you know, I just kind of walked past for the better part of 30 years. And every time I saw it, it broke my heart. I saw his ties. And so we decided about four days in, my wife Danielle actually had a great idea. Let's just get out of town. And she drove. She did all the driving to Newport, Rhode Island. We'd never been there before. And we, um, we spent three days on the water. And, and I would go down every afternoon, Bernie, at about 3 o'clock by myself. Danielle A. and Gabe were doing their own thing. And I would talk to my dad every day. I got mad once. I said, uh, you got know, a lot of balls leaving me. <laughs> but for the most part, they were they were loving talks. And I thanked them. And I did call his cell phone, like I told you, a couple of days ago. So it, it was... Good to get back to work with you this morning. There was, it was cathartic to a certain extent, but I'm not really doing well. <laughs> I'm still hurting really bad, but um, you're right. It's time to celebrate now and move past the, the sadness that instead I've endured the of, last Instead two of
3: dwelling on the passing, celebrate the great life. And he did live a very, very wonderful life, uh, to use the phrase of a movie, but uh, until the end where he suffered, I know he did the last few months, but uh, still, a fantastic life. Uh, you know, he, he, he uh, sprung a great family, a big, huge family. And he was a character back in the day in Brooklyn, taking you to school. He was the coach of the Little League. He All was my a, teams. Yeah. Take you down to Florida during uh,
2: summer Spring. break. You know, it's funny. Uh, ironically, he, was, he managed my Little League baseball team, North Highway Little League on Kings Highway in Brooklyn. And he was the coach of my football team which was named the Redskins, which may in fact get changed today. And he got to see you come back to New York and host the morning
3: show. I'm glad uh, you said that. W-A-B-C,
2: 17 stories above Madison Square Garden. I'm glad you said that because when – oh, Jim Brewer just sent me a very nice text. Thank you, Jimmy. I love you too. When I was going through all of my real travails – He heard you were taking names. (laughs) Hey, Jim, I'm keeping score. You're lucky you just made it in the good book. That's right. Bernie's right. When I was going through all my difficulties, and, and, and everybody just, you, you know, Bernie, everybody just kicked me in the face. Every writer in the New York Daily News, Miami Herald, it was, "sit finished, his is over, you know, he's a, he's a loser, he's this, he's that. As tough as it was on you, can you imagine
3: how it was on your parents and, and your dad? Yeah. I mean, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child, and to, be, to read stuff like that and to see what happens, it hurts a parent so deeply, and to see your resurgence, uh, your comeback
2: had to be so uh, gratifying, rewarding to uh, Harvey. Well, that was the the message I received over and over again, Bernie, from folks in the business and people, just listeners and fans out there, that what a blessing it was that your father, when he did leave, saw you uh, at your best because it, it was a very difficult run in this business for me for the better part of 16 years, and the last four years have been great. You know, I told you this. When I called in that last Thursday, I spoke to him Monday night, the week he died, and he was, he was okay, but he knew he was very, very sick. And then we got the message on Tuesday when I called you that he had about 48 hours maximum. And I called him Tuesday night and I said, Pop, be honest with me. He lies to my sisters. He didn't lie to me ever. Sometimes his truth hurt, but it was always loving. I said, Dad, be honest. I get tired, and he said, um, "Yeah, Sydney, I'm tired," and I, I felt like you can go now. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, look, and you, if, based upon what you just said, I think he was okay going because right. he knew I was okay.
3: Everything was uh, everything was good, and he was he was lonely because of uh, the rules. He's stuck uh, in these facilities where the uh, relatives couldn't visit, so. That had to be wearing on him. He couldn't see his family as he suffered. And, uh, but he did live a great life. So again, we dwell on—we uh, don't dwell on the passing and the the the, the end days. We we, we look at the the, the the good days, the best days. Right, and we will we celebrate. celebrate now. Yeah. yeah,
2: we'll celebrate moving forward. I, I I thank you all for dealing with me and my crying and all this nonsense. I can't help it, but um, we will move forward now. We've uh, we've had a great show already discussing all the major topics of the day. I do want to get to Deshaun Jackson at some point today. Joe Theismann, Super Bowl quarterback, Washington Redskins. He's set to stop by one eight hundred eight four. 8-W-A-B-C. By the way, I love you. You know I love you? I love you so much, man. You, you, you you're, 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 you're just forget about being the best partner I've ever had. and I've had a lot of them. Joe Beningo, O.J. McDuffie, Jody McDonald. I've had a lot. You're the most compassionate, sincere, nicest, loving person I've ever worked with. And I know you've lost your mom. You've lost your sister and your dad, quite frankly. My dad's age is not doing well either, but it doesn't matter. Anytime I need support, man, you're always there no, for me. So thank very you.
3: Very nice of you to say. love you too, Sydney, and uh, so, so do a lot of people. Just thank remember you. that when things get bad and get
2: tough, people love you. I saw that these last two weeks. 1-800-848-9222. Keep it right here. Bernie and Sid back on a Monday.
3: Back here on the Bernie and Sid show, heard everywhere on the, on the 77 WABC app. Not to interrupt uh, Bruce, but uh, we got business to take care of. So, look, uh, uh, the carnage continues in the inner cities and uh, obviously the black neighborhoods. Uh, One year old killed here in Brooklyn overnight. One year old shot and killed. Shot and killed. And, of course, they, uh, this video gone viral, New York uh, NYPD, a cop placed in, a, in what they call a headlock. When, it, when a cop does it to a perp, it's a chokehold. When a perp does it to a cop, it's a headlock. So he's, he's put in a, a, a headlock, and you have uh, people, you know, a, a mob heckling two Latino cops trying to arrest some dude and just uttering the most vile stuff at them, the most disgusting, S-my-D, and you guys are <laughs> P-words and all this stuff. It is unbelievable, which, which explains the uh, retirement rate going up to about four to 500% among the NYPD. We're losing the best people. And, uh, of course, Bolshevik uh, Bill de Blasio participating in laying down that uh, graffiti, that uh, Black Lives Matter graffiti defacing Fifth Avenue right in front of Trump Tower and proud of it and not, not understanding that the bigger picture is this. As I mentioned earlier, it, it is the overreaction to the death of George Floyd on which we were all united early on. Uh, it was the overreaction by, instigated by Black Lives Matter, which doesn't care about black lives. They're all about Marxism. And they use a strategy, which is don't let a tragedy or a crisis go to waste. And it's the same thing they they or they try to create a crisis, which is like a climate change, for example. They tried to, that that global warming thing is something it's it's manufactured by them to create a crisis, to take control, to make you How to, dare yeah, you. exactly, to scare the hell out of people like her and brainwash them and to take control. The same thing with the coronavirus. They saw that. And they used that. They tried to take control. You heard it all the time. Oh, we're going to use this opportunity to transform this and that and that and this and this and that. And, of course, uh, then of the death of George Floyd. And that's what led to uh, all this uh, carnage in the yeah. black community. So ironically, an organization which has the propaganda name called Black Lives Matter is leading to the
2: deaths of hundreds of blacks in the inner city right now as we speak. Yes, they are a Marxist organization. I will even go as far as saying a terrorist organization. I'll say that. I don't care. And, you know, you talked about this mural that Bill de Blasio painted on Fifth Avenue. It has become now, Bernie, you know this, it has now become the spot for violent protests every day. Every day there's violence outside uh, of that
3: mural. Listen, you have a lot of uh, pro-cop. Back to blue. Back to blue. Blue Lives Matter. You proud have, Boys, baby. Proud Boys. You have them in uh, uh, more than pr- Proud Boys. You have them in Bay Ridge. You have them in uh, Bayside, Queens. You had two of them in Bay Ridge over the weekend. Two back to blue protests, and they clashed, got all up in the mushes of uh, some of these Black Lives Matter people, and uh, it's, it's incredible. So you have a lot of support for the police. But uh, also, uh, I talked about courage, and I played uh, Marcellus Wiley earlier. He was He's a sports guy on Fox Sports 1 talking about the black father, which a lot of conservative black thought leaders have expressed many, many times. I've said it myself, echoing them, because I, I'm familiar with them. Uh, Thomas Sowell, uh, Shelby Steele, a bunch of them, Horace Cooper, a, a bunch. But even before we get to that, just a guy like Terry Crews, Terry Crews, uh, he went on with Don Lemon, believe it or not, and he spoke the truth. He's got he's, This guy's got a pair. Terry Crews, former NFL player. He's uh, on a bunch of shows right now, sometimes game shows. The
2: and, Brooklyn 911.
3: Uh, yeah, he's,
2: he's Brooklyn really 9,
3: muscular, yeah. really nice guy. Anyway, this is uh, Terry Crews, black guy with former NFL, with uh, the idiot Don Lemon.
5: You look in the city of Chicago. There are nine children who died by gun violence, by black-on-black gun violence, with uh, from june 20th all the way to today the black lives matter movement has said nothing about this what does kind that of have thing? to do you with
4: equality though it, terry well, the black lives matter movement was started because it was talking about police brutality if you want an all black lives matter movement that, that talks about gun violence in communities including you know black communities then start that movement with that name but that's not what black lives matter is about the black lives matter movement is about police brutality and injustice in that manner, not about what's happening in black neighborhoods. So then call it Black
3: Lives Matter only when a black life is snuffed out by a police officer. Call it that. Don't call it Black Lives Matter because you leave the impression that they care about black lives, which we know they don't. It's a Marxist front. And Bill O'Reilly was the first to point it out right here, and he credited his ace staff, uh, on that. And, yep. uh, I would settle for a producer right now. But, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. but in <laughs> either way, he, he credited them and uh, wisely so. And also you have uh, speaking of black thought leaders. And that's what it is. Uh, it's, it's a propaganda name. Black Lives Matter, just like Antifa. It, it stands for anti-fascist. That's a propaganda name. The, the epitome of a fascist organization. They are the modern day brown shirts, the Nazi brown shirts. In Berlin back in the 30s, they are the modern day brown shirts here, stifling free speech and beating up people in the streets. That's what the brown shirts did in Germany back in the 30s. That's what Antifa does. They are fascists, and the name is it was just like Al Qaeda called themselves bunnies for babies. I mean, it wouldn't change what the hell they are. Uh, they're a terrorist organization that wants to kill innocent people. Now, uh, speaking of Thomas Sowell, he was on with uh, Mark Levin last night. Now, this term systemic racism. What does it mean? Systemic racism. Oh, but let me just point this out. Remember that Rockaway uh, boardwalk scumbag who he wasn't charged. The cop now yes. faces seven years. Yep. He was harassing beachgoers, throwing stuff at him. Then he was doing the same with police, harassing them and throwing stuff at him for about a half hour before they fi- finally decided to subdue him. And he didn't get charged anyway. And while we were off, guess what? He was arrested up in the Bronx, not only for stabbing somebody. Not only for stabbing, but even worse, for uttering anti-gay slurs. How do you like that? So, Who could have predicted that? So that's the low life that uh, they decided not to charge in an effort to pander. But uh, back to Thomas Sowell. What is systemic racism? Take a listen to Thomas Sowell with Mark Levin from last night. You
7: hear this phrase, systemic racism, systemic oppression. You hear it uh, on our college campuses. You hear it from very wealthy and Fabulously famous sports stars. You hear it from media types. First of all, what does that mean? And whatever it means, is it true?
4: It really has no meaning that can be specified and tested in the way that one tests hypotheses. Uh, It does remind me of the propaganda uh, tactics of Joseph Goebbels during the age of the
3: Nazis, uh, in which he's supposed to have said that people will believe any lie if it's repeated long enough and loud enough. And that's what we're getting. It's one of many words that I don't think even the people who use it have any clear idea of what they're saying. Their purpose
4: is served by having other people cave in.
3: Systemic, or how about systemic cowardice, systemic pandering, systemic submission that's going on right now in this country uh, among these corporations, among uh, sports organizations, the NFL in particular. By the way, they're going to wear uh, messages on their backs so that they can wear Black Lives Matter, they can wear, I can't breathe, stuff like that. And then uh, Senator Josh Hawley sends a letter to Roger Goodell and says, can they wear free Hong Kong? And so an ESPN reporter actually tweets at uh, Senator Josh Hawley, F you. That's a
2: good argument. That's a real intelligent argument, F you. Although LeBron James has come out and said he's not going to wear that stuff, which is odd because he is one of the more, he's one of the the loudest and really uh, idiotic, of all these pro ball players, he said he will not wear that stuff on his uniform. Well, maybe he's getting religion.
3: <laughs> maybe he's, maybe he's talking to Marcellus Wiley and Terry Cruz. Maybe on the Bernie and Sitcha one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Something
5: that um, didn't really, you know, seriously resonate with my mission, um, with my goal. Um, I would have loved to have. Um, a say-so on what, what, what have went on the back of my jersey. I had a couple things in mind, but I wasn't a part of that process, which is okay. Um, I, I don't need to have something on the back of my jersey for people to understand my mission and know what I'm about.
1: Under the Milky
2: Way tonight. It's LeBron James, he ain't gonna do it. So listen, I told you guys earlier today, and I posted a lot during our vacation, if you want to call it that. And it was. We had a wonderful trip to Rhode Island and my family, but my dad dying, of course. That was the first half of the uh, time off. Uh, the only other thing I posted, whether it was Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, besides my dad, was this Deshaun Jackson story. Now, if you don't know who Deshaun Jackson is, he's a very talented wide receiver. He's got up there in age now. He's basically done now. But at one point, he was one of the more dangerous players inside the National Football League many years with the Philadelphia Eagles. Very famous pun return for a touchdown to beat the Giants. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. a. Was that brutal or what? God. And anyway, Deshaun has. Uh, I think he went to Tampa Bay, and now he's back in Philadelphia. Let me tell you this the owner of the Philadelphia Eagle football team is a man named Jeffrey Laurier, and he's Jewish. Jeffrey Laurier, I should say. And the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles is a man named Howie Roseman, and he's Jewish you're saying, Sid, why do we care if the owner and the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles are Jewish? Well, you're going to care when you find out what this, um, you know, I don't know what to call him. Deshaun Jackson. He's a
3: lowlife.
2: He's a lowlife. What he posted on his Instagram account last week, he actually took excerpts from Adolf Hitler. He he quoted Adolf Hitler. Yeah. And then he went on to (laughs) praise Louis Farrakhan. Mm-hmm. In in you know, listen. We we can argue back and forth. Did Donald Trump say something offensive? Was it racist? We can argue back and forth. Even stuff that we've said. There is no argument here. What he put on his account to Sean Jackson was the height of anti-Semitism. I mean, the epitome of anti-Semitism. Is that not right? Look, I don't even exact. I didn't even understand the quote that much. But whatever it was. He's quoting Adolf Hitler right. in a rant against the Jews. In a, in a roundabout way to talk about African Americans and what they're going through, I, I have no idea, like you said, why he would even take a Hitler quote or, or praise Louis Farrakhan. I mean, how could anybody be that stupid,
3: A, and hateful? I mean, to, to quote Adolf Hitler? I mean, that that really...
2: It bespeaks
3: uh, a certain ignorance or or just just evil.
2: That's evil. Ignorance, you don't know. He knows better. In fact, I'm going to play two of his his audio cuts right here. But what I said on Twitter, and I stand by this, is this double standard that I'm sick of in the United States. And now it's gotten worse with Black Lives Matter. I mean, that horrible group. Uh, Now it's gotten even worse that he can say this to Sean Jackson. Now, just imagine it's a white Jewish wide receiver. Right? And he says something bad about a, you know, a, back, a black player. How long will that white Jewish wide receiver spend on that football team before he's cut? 10 minutes? So 20 wait, minutes? If, if Drew Brees quoted Adolf Hitler,
3: he'd be off the team. Right. Right now. Drew as Brees, it, as, as, it, as <laughs> a, a, at the top notch uh, quality uh, player that he is, all the leader of
2: the team. All time yardage he, leader. He'd be gone. He, as it was, all he did was praise his grandfathers. Right, and talk about how much he respected the national anthem. And he was run over by a truck and had to apologize for that hours later. And by the way, Julian Edelman reaches out to Deshaun Jackson. Did anybody reach out to Drew Brees? No, no. Well, Deshaun Jackson has gotten a few people reach out to him, which is nauseating enough, and I'm going to play some of those. But here is Philadelphia Eagle wide receiver Deshaun Jackson trying to explain away why he posted what he did.
5: I just want to, you know, first off, extend an apology on the behalf of me and uh, what I stand for because, you know, I, I'm one that's fair and I, I never want to put any race down or any people down. And, uh, you know, my post was definitely not intended for any anybody of any race to feel any type of way, especially the Jewish community. Uh, when I posted what I posted, I, I definitely didn't mean it to the extent that you guys took it. And I, I just want to let you guys know that I'm very apologetic, and I just want you guys to understand that it, it never was intended to be, you know, to put any race down or any religion down.
2: All right. His yeah. apology is nonsense. He wasn't trying to put any religion down in any type of way. That, right. That's a cool saying. You don't know. The type of way. Mentioning Adolf Hitler to the Jews now. It- <laughs> Now, to take it a step further, you've met this guy. His name is Josh Krantz. He's a good buddy of mine, lives in Las Vegas. He was my very first ever radio partner before Scott Kaplan on the internet. You remember meeting Josh? In yes, here? yeah. He's yeah. A funny guy. Right. So I go online and I savage to Sean Jackson and he goes, Sid, man of all people. He goes, you're the guy that's always yelling and screaming about the cancel culture. I go, yes, I am. I'm not for it. I said, let me tell you something. When I said what I said about the Williams sisters, for example, that was a feeble attempt at humor. There was no hate there, none. It was stupid. It was and, offensive. And it was and racist. It was and I got fired for it. Pretty much spontaneous. Right. And there was, there was no hate involved. Again, once you get to the point where it's hatred, which is exactly what uh, Mr. Jackson portrayed here, that, that cancel culture thing doesn't exist. You got to
3: go. There was malice intended. Right. There's clearly malice intended. There was no attempt at uh, satire or humor or anything like that. No you You got to go. It was a direct attack. Right, so don't tell me about the cancel culture. And and until they cancel the cancel culture, you have to apply that standard to everybody. That's right. Even a
2: black NFL player. Especially because right now it seems like that group of people can get away with just about anything. Now, it's bad enough that this moron, Deshaun Jackson, did what he did and came out with that half-assed apology, but now you've got other players Former NBA player, for example, Stephen Jackson, who played for the Indiana Pacers, the Nets, a bunch of clubs. Not a bad ball player. I guess he's a friend of Deshaun Jackson. And he came out and actually defended Deshaun Jackson, his former NBA player, Stephen Jackson. He
5: was trying to educate himself, educate people, and he's speaking the truth, right? Speaking uh, the he's truth? He's speaking the truth. You know he don't hate nobody, but he's speaking the truth of, what, of, of, of the facts that he know and try to educate others. But knows. y'all don't want us to educate ourselves. If it's talking about the black race... Y'all ain't saying nothing about it. They're okay. killing us. Police no. killing us sure. and treating us like shit, racism yeah. at an all-time high. But ain't none of you not NFL really. owners spoke up on that. Yeah. And none of you
2: teams spoke spoke up on that. He, about, he said about five things in there that are factually incorrect and just not true. I mean, this on the, Stephen the, Jackson. The
3: wake of the George Floyd killing, the outrage was universal. Yeah, uh, The cop was uh, fired immediately and arrested, uh, I think, the day after. I mean, it was immediate, and they were all arrested, all for the
2: cop. I mean, what is he talking about? He was actually friends, Stephen Jackson, with George Floyd. You knew him personally. So I heard. Yeah. Uh, there's a player on the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's an offensive lineman. Sorry, Dave Labrosi. His wait, name wait, but he spoke the truth. So that's two guys right yeah. there that are going to
3: lose their sponsors, all their sponsors. I
2: don't well, care the Well, Stephen Jackson, he's out of the league. So oh, he's out. He's, he's, out, of, out of, he's retired of course, from good, the NBA. Uh, good riddance. Right, but Deshaun's still there. And then you've got this guy now who's a current offensive lineman on the Pittsburgh Steelers his name is Zach Banner and here's what this moron had to say
0: I woke up this morning to uh the news about the Deshaun Jackson and his incident with the Jewish community and I saw his apology video and it seems like his heart's in the right place so understand that this this video isn't even towards him it's towards that idea and mindset that sparked it in the first place there's a common misbelief Amongst black and brown people, and I know this from growing up, and I've heard it and I've listened to it. That uh, Jewish people are just like any other white race, you know. Like it's just they, they, you you mix them up with the rest of the majority, and you don't understand that they're a minority as well. I didn't know this until I went to USC, and I was I had friends and who are now family members, believe it or not, who are part of the Jewish community. And also, I was here on the team my first year with the team. A couple of years ago, during the, uh, it's just tough, man. During that synagogue shooting at this beautiful city of Pittsburgh, and we need to understand that Jewish people deal with the same amount of hate and um, similar hardships and hard times.
2: So, in the end, he said all the right things. Zach Banner, he talked about the shooting in Pittsburgh. He talked about the Jewish people. He actually said some very, very nice things. But he lost me at the very beginning when he said to Sean Jackson's heart, was in the right place it doesn't matter what you say after that and he said some beautiful things and he's educated he was sad about the shooting he actually choked up there you heard him but when he says to sean jackson's heart is in the right place you've lost me at that point of
3: course and, and look you can just hear you hear him i mean every it's all identity politics we're all americans nobody wants this to, there is a minority of evil people out there a Derek Chauvin being one, the guy who shot shot up the synagogue being one. The rest of us were all Americans. We condemn that as a people collectively. We're all Americans, as the president has said millions of times. We bleed American blood, red blood. We're all Americans. Forget the identity politics. Everybody hates hate and racism. There's no question about it. Any fair-minded person, this is the most tolerant country in the history of civilization. I don't know what these people are talking about. And Deshaun Jackson, to, to quote Adolf Hitler to yep. make a point about black oppression,
2: I mean, where's he been for the past 50 years? Uh, listen, the National Football League, I haven't heard Roger Goodell, who was very quick to come out and, you know... Uh, you, Dignify Colin Kaepernick, who has been lying for years. He's, his message is not based on any real facts at all. Uh, we know that. He's never been able to articulate any, any of the reasons why he's so upset. But Goodell is quick to come out and, and dignify him and talk about Black Lives Matter. I have not heard Roger Goodell talk about Shawn Jackson. My question is very simple. I'm a huge football fan. Ordinarily, I'd be very excited about the Giants and Jets August 13th and the Giants' home opener Monday night, September 14th against the aforementioned Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know how you can watch the NFL right now. Well, uh, I this, just don't know how you can watch you know, it.
3: the NFL did put out a statement, but it didn't have Goodell's name attached to it, unlike the statements that they put out uh, about George Floyd and other incidents. Oh, he made his own we, videos. We had his, right, he made videos, he put his name to the state. This statement that came out about the Sean Jackson had no Roger Goodell name on it whatsoever, and he has not uttered a word about it. No one, no surprise.
2: Roger Goodell may make $50 million a year and may make a lot of money for the NFL owners, but he's a coward. You look up coward in the dictionary, you get a photo of Roger Goodell. That's your National
3: Football League, folks. Hey, th- 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 this is your United States of America today. Oh,
2: I know. We are
3: in, as I've said it a million times, I'll say it a million more. We're in the throes of cowardice.
2: And the Throes of Madness. Both. At the same time. There's only one thing to do. It's very simple. November 3rd. Vote for President Donald Trump. If you have a problem figuring
1: out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black.
2: All right, Pop. Big harm looking down. This one was for you. About an hour to go. The way we were, Barbra Streisand. Hey, listen. You know, we were just ripping on these NFL players. Undeservedly so. So last night, we're watching TV, my family, and we had ABC on, Channel 7. 8 o'clock last night, and I didn't realize that Sunday night, locally on Channel 7, WABC, that's like the game show night. We have got like Press Your Luck, I used to follow up that show. Show Family Feud is on. Oh, I think I know where you're going with it. Steve Harvey, of course, is the host, he's very yeah. good. And the competition last night was NFL Hall of Famers up against the current stars of the National Football League. You saw it? No, but I heard about one of the answers. Okay, well, Chris Carter is one of the Hall of Famers. Michael Irvin, Orlando Pace, Kevin Green, and uh, Bruce Smith.
3: Uh, Steve Harvey, by the way, is...
2: Hilarious. He's, and he was he, he's particularly great. good last night with these NFL players. yeah Both the the, uh, the Hall of Fame guys and the current players. He's hilarious. Now, when you say you heard one of the answers, was that Bruce Smith penis? Is that the one? Bingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, if, if you were a carpenter and you couldn't use a certain tool yep. and you had to replace that tool with I, your own, what think, would you use? I think it was a hammer, right? Well, Michael Irvin said hammer. Oh, he said hammer. And, and then he said hammer again, and they're like, no, no, he already said that. So he goes, penis.
3: <laughs> yeah. Made absolutely no sense. No but, sense. And Steve Harvey's reaction,
2: I heard, was priceless. It was. Now, Michael Irvin was brutal during the—and I love Michael Irvin, playmaker. I worked with him down in Miami for two years. Got to know him very, very well. He was brutal, and for some reason, they picked him for the big money round— and he did great. He got like 130 points. You know, you need 200 points to get the $25,000. Right. So they eventually won it, Michael Orban and Bruce Smith. But if you ever really want to see a real Mensa meeting, I mean real geniuses with a capital G, even on Family Feud, these guys found a way to look stupid. <laughs> I swear to God. But it was very entertaining. It was great. I'm sure a good time was had by all. Sorry, I missed it. And they did win the Hall of Famers, and they won the twenty-five thousand in the you know the lightning round, whatever you call it. But some of the answers were so silly; it was actually fun to watch. So, uh, as we're killing Deshaun Jackson and the current NFL players. Some of these guys were actually pretty funny. We are done with three hours today, folks. One more hour to go. 1 800 848 WABC. 1 800 848 9222. Back to the big stories of the day. One more hour on this Monday morning with Bernie and Sid. We'll come back right after Deb with the new. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no bro. bro. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke. Down girl. Ahead, get down. Get down, girl. Get down girl go ahead get down get down girl go ahead get down
3: get down girl. Go ahead, back here on the bernie get and sid down. show
1: get down,
3: girl. Go ahead. heard everywhere go ahead. on the 77 wabc app download it right now folks we are back bernie and sid and uh that's kanye he's actually declared that he's going to run for the presidency uh, this year he's going to form his own independent party he took uh Shots at the Democrats, whatever. We're not part of your plantation, and Biden, blah blah blah. But anyway, that's Kanye. And maybe he'll uh, he'll drain some votes from uh, Joe Biden. Who knows? What's the name of his
2: party again? He, he. He, who knows? He has it's, a name for it, though, right? It's it's some yeah, it's wacky... A, it's
3: some, uh... it's the birthday party.
2: Oh, is that what it is? No, no, no. It's it's Lakunda
3: Le- or something like that. Oh, I oh, oh,
1: oh, oh I, okay. Initially, he came out. He said he was running on the birthday party. He did party. say the
2: birthday party initially. I know it's not the Washington Redskins. That has officially been dropped. It's official now. They are yeah, no longer gonna, the Redskins.
3: They're going to call themselves the Black Panthers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen.
3: Uh, I, I talked about this earlier. The uh, The apocalyptic, over-the-top reaction to... Every, 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 every single thing. The Roger Stone pardon. Of course, the president, both Presidents Obama and Clinton pardoned terrorists. Tax cheats. Guys that sold illegally arms to Iran after receiving, in Clinton's case, a half million dollars from that guy's wife for his presidential library on the last day of his presidency. I mean, by the way, Trump didn't even pardon this guy Roger Stone. He just commuted his sentence. I think he's only pardoned twenty six people. In fact, Obama's like six hundred. In fact, it's uh, it's less on the on the part of Trump. It's eleven, and with Obama, it's over a <laughs> thousand. <I mean, laughs> so so yes, so you're absolutely right. But again, the over the top reaction and nothing could be and uh, combine it with the, the cancel culture, nothing could uh, more uh, you know exhibit this than this Goya president. His name is, uh, well, it's it's a difficult name to pronounce. Suffice it to say that he's the president of Goya Company. He did an event at the White House with Obama when he was president. Now he did it with the president who who said some beautiful things about Hispanics that day. They're like the treasure of our nation, the Hispanic people. And then the Goya president came out and he said this. We're all
4: truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. We pray for our leadership, our president, and we pray for our country.
3: So he was, we're blessed to have a leader like President Trump. It was, it was about economic opportunities for Latinos. He was there. So you would think, uh, I don't know, you would think that the guy, whatever, I'm not even going to say what I think, that, that he did something unspeakable. He said we are blessed to have a leader like So the reaction is, again, oh, my God, we, now we have to boycott Goya Boycott Goya Beans. The, the, according to Lin-Manuel Miranda, who started this, and AOC now uh, picking up the mantle, You got he, he, how dare he say something like this? And Lin-Manuel Miranda trying to buy back some brownie points after being condemned himself for glamorizing uh, uh, a former slaveholder, Alexander Hamilton, who, by the way, uh, rose up from poverty in the Caribbean, into New York, became uh, George Washington's uh, right-hand guy in the Revolutionary War, and then married into a family that owned slaves. That's how That was Hamilton's connection. But uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's in trouble with the, uh, the cancel culture people, who, by the way, a bunch of them, like uh, J.K. Rowling, they put out a letter saying, hey, we got to stop this cancel culture. And what, one of their rationales was, A, it's, it stifles debate, good debate, and free speech, but B, it's only helping Trump. That's what they said. So uh, whatever. So you have that kind of nonsense. And then the president, uh, again, the -the over-the-top apocalyptic reactions Remember, he gave this great, great speech at Mount Rushmore on July 3rd. He was there with the governor, uh, Christy Noem. And it was just a wonderful night. It was great. It was, the fireworks, it was beautiful.
2: The speech was uplifting. I thought it was great, too. And I was very upset. That was literally two days after my dad died, and I thought he was great. And the distortion that went on after the speech,
3: uh, it, like we spoke with Rich Lowry this morning. So let's listen to what he said, because what he said was important. And you might have been on vacation. You might have missed it. This is what the president said at Mount Rushmore, July 3rd. Make no mistake, This left-wing cultural
1: revolution is designed to overthrow the American Revolution. In so doing, they would destroy the very civilization that rescued billions from poverty, disease, violence, and hunger, and that lifted humanity to new heights of achievement, discovery, and progress. To make this possible, they are determined to tear down every statue, symbol and memory of our national heritage. Against every law of society and nature, our children are taught in school to hate their own country and to believe that the men and women who built it were not heroes, but that were villains. The radical view of American history is a web of lies all Perspective is removed, every virtue is obscured, every motive is twisted, every fact is distorted, and every flaw is magnified until the history is purged and the record is disfigured beyond all
3: recognition. Excuse me, when Mike was off, uh, all positive things. He talked about Abraham Lincoln. He talked about George Washington. He talked about Frederick Douglass. Well, it's not positive if you're on the left. He talked about <laughs> Muhammad Ali. Yeah. He talked about everybody. He never mentioned. the First of all, the Washington Post described uh, the speech as Trump sunk to new depths of depravity. Not true. What are they talking about? Uh, back didn't back it up. Back that up. And, and uh, of course, MSNBC said it was an ode to white supremacy. And then you had this, uh, uh, this Senator Tammy Duckworth, I believe she's from Illinois, she said this. What really struck me about the speech that
6: the president gave at Mount Rushmore was that he spent more time uh, worried about uh, honoring dead Confederates than he did talking about the lives of our American, the 130,000 Americans who lost their lives to COVID 19. Or, he, um, but that's but-
3: enough. He never once mentioned a dead Confederate. No, not once. Not one time. No. So th- th- that's what the left and the media do right now. They lie with reckless abandon. Well, when he
2: talked about the history of the country and how they're destroying it. That was her cue to talk about the Confederacy, which, again, he never mentioned once. Not once. Not one time. It was com- That is complete distortion I mean, on her part. Flat out, bust out lie,
3: and, it, and they all do it. Uh, even the uh, supposed anchors on uh, CNN, MSNBC, and uh, 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 you, you, the Washington Post, new depths of depravity. Uh, get, back it up. They don't back it up. Nothing. Because there was no depravity whatsoever. It was completely a, a, a pro-American, Uh, uplifting, uh, soaring speech about how we liberated the world from communism and fascism in the 20th century and the prosperity and the tolerance of this country unmatched like no other country in the history of civilization. Now, Joe Biden came out last week, and he gave a speech uh, about the economy. and It was awful. It was terrible. He never mentioned the Green New Deal. But the funny thing is, though, he keeps moving more and more to the left. He's now for defunding the police. He's actually uh, mimicking those stupid lines. But he's still as demented as ever in getting worse and worse. The guy is suffering brain damage. He is a complete and total puppet. You elect Joe Biden and you're electing essentially AOC and Black Lives Matter. That's what's going to happen in November if you elect Joe Biden. Believe it or not, it's more than just about Trump now. You can stick in, uh, stick in Ted Cruz, stick in Jeb Bush, stick in anybody. You, if you elect a Democrat at this point, especially a Democrat with no backbone like Joe Biden or no brain, He's done. He's toast. He's, he's as the president said, he's sh- he shot. This is what he sounded like last week, believe it or not. Joe Biden, take a listen.
1: This guy's whole idea of America, America on its own, is meant America alone. What? We're out there by ourselves. Lonnie knows I believe this every fiber my being. We're posed. I, what I propose is, is it can be done. I think we're in a position to, to really make it happen. And my team and your team, Already working closely together, and to light up the path forward here, what? critical laws like the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining on politics like prevailing and pre- look. Uh, I
2: guess I'm, I'm getting I'm, I'm t- taking too much time. Yeah, but
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Now listen, time, he does that all
2: the time when he runs out of his his, uh, his uh, thought uh, wait, goes backwards. Exactly,
3: exactly. And so also what he did, which was on the teleprompter last week, was he stole some of the president's uh, ideas which is make it in America. The president's saying that forever. Make it here. Make it here. We won't be dependent on uh, other countries like China right now mm-hmm. for our PPEs and uh, whatever the hell else we need. Antibiotics. <laughs> and, and our drugs, all, all of that yeah. stuff. So he stole that message. That's appropriation. He's done that before. Plagiarism. He's done that before in the past. He's a liar. He's corrupt. And he's a, he's a creep. He's a creepy dude touching up the women and all that stuff. But uh, so... He is the guy that's leading in the polls right now. Now, Bill O'Reilly has a great column out this morning called Backlash, in which he thinks, believe it or not, Bill O'Reilly does, that all this uh, statue toppling and this carnage in the streets, this uh, chaos and disorder will lead to uh, the backlash that uh, I've talked about, alluded to a little bit uh, in the past few weeks myself, uh, as similar to what happened in 68 and in 72. Mm -hmm. When uh, Nixon, who was the incumbent for the four years, uh, 68 to 72, and all the riots were going on, the anti-war, the the bombings, all of that stuff, he won by the biggest landslide in the history of the country, did Richard Nixon. And uh, Bill O'Reilly's column says that uh, we're looking at that maybe for
2: President Trump. This coming November. Well, you have been saying that for a long time, and hopefully you and Bill O'Reilly are both right. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We'll take your phone calls next segment. We'll dedicate the whole segment to your phone calls, and then back with the news of the day. Bernie and Sid on a welcome back. They're hanging still everywhere, dressed in gray. Did he say, hold my head. Ships, nine twenty-five on your Monday morning. We'll uh, spend the next five or six minutes on the phones with you guys. How about that? We haven't really dedicated a whole segment to you guys out there yet today because you've had so much to talk about. Bernie and I being out for the better part of eleven days, and we've covered everything. You, you name it. Uh, the, 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 what's going on with the coronavirus in this state down in Miami? Just about everywhere. The governor, the mayor, the president, Joe Biden. Uh, We've covered everything. Deshaun Jackson, the National Football League, the NBA, LeBron James. You don't get uh, any more information on any show in the city, in the state, in the country than Bernie and Sid in the morning. And that is not my opinion. That's a fact. And you want to argue with me, you can meet me outside Madison Square Garden at 1030. Now, wait a second. (laughs) Uh, Let's go to Henry in Brooklyn, Bernard, on line six. Good morning, Hello, Henry. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. So you
5: guys have in the city, in the state, in the country, in the world too. It's very important. You guys Thank have a you. The best in the world.
2: Thank you. Um,
5: so I, I like Trump. Um, I've been a Democrat my entire life, though. Um, I, I support healthcare, education. I work in renewable energy. Uh, I, I support infrastructure programs, but I like the president. I think we needed a NASCAR fan as a president, basically. But I'm calling in about the cancer culture comments you guys are making there. So when I was a kid, I'm a millennial. I'm 33. When I was a kid, it was very popular, it's still popular, to say cancel CNN and cancel New York Times. So I, I think those publications have, obviously have a, have, have a liberal bias, no, no question, whether they an, even anti-Semitic bias. Uh, but it, what's the difference between us saying the cancel culture against the right and the cancel culture that it, it has? Well, there,
2: there really things. is no difference. I, I just, you know, why I, I brought up the Sean Jackson thing was that was clearly hate, and I think that when you get to that point where hatred becomes the talking point, the narrative, if you will, I believe that is grounds for canceling. I do. Listen, when, when you can express opinions,
3: but there are certain third rail uh, topics, issues, comments that you cannot make. You can't go around uh, screaming the N-word at people uh, on the radio or something, for example, like that. No, you can't. You can't be quoting Adolf Hitler. Right. You just, there are certain things that are just off limits. Now – for J.K. Rowling to come out and say that there's two genders, male and female. Uh, forget about it. I have lived the female experience all my life, and some guy comes along and tells me I, he identifies as a female. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. That's her opinion. I agree. And she's <laughs> a flaming liberal, and she got slammed for it. Right. I mean, but still – She's entitled to have that opinion I mean, right. without uh, being canceled for the rest of her life. Well,
2: and to the caller's point, I wouldn't cancel CNN or the New York Times either. I wouldn't read it and or watch it, but I wouldn't cancel no, it. No, we, we, we call them out. No, we're not of for course, it. We're,
3: we're, We are against the, the cancel, cancel culture. culture. By the way, Imus was the first scalp in the uh, the cancel culture uh uh, you know, the, the, he was the first scout that they got, that Media Matters got. Uh, they started the whole thing. Was he and, the first and, or
2: was it Michael Richards? <laughs> it, was, it was It was. Don Imus. Yeah, it was Imus. It was Imus, and he no came doubt. back
3: with thanks to to uh, Fareed Suleiman yep. from Citadel and Roger Rails from Fox News. But he was the first, and he continues to this day. No, we've always been against the cancel culture. But there are certain things that, of course, are way over the line, like Howard Stern saying the N-word. Or
2: uh, Deshaun Jackson quoting Adolf Hitler. Those two are, are actually uh, reasons for termination, for firing, and for cancels. Let's go to um, talking about Howard Stern, Bernard. Phil is in Morristown. He's online, too, wants to talk about Howard. Good morning, Phil.
6: Hey, how you doing? Uh, first time call. I just started listening to you guys a couple of weeks ago. Uh, some guys at work turned me on to you guys, and they were talking about you uh, when you were talking about Howard Stern when he's doing the uh, blackface and everything. Yeah. How, is it, how is this guy still getting a pass, and he's still on the air? <laughs> well, he, first of
2: the, all, he's not on terrestrial radio. He's on Sirius XM, which he built. He built it. He, he practically owns that thing. I mean, Mel Karmason gave him a billion dollars from day one. But, but
3: I guess the, to the caller's point, where's the pressure? Yeah, there's no pressure. There's he's no
2: pressure. No, because yeah, he's, he
3: bought himself. Uh, he virtue-signaled to the nth degree for the last few years, uh, kissing Rosie O'Donnell's ass, yeah. kissing Hillary Clinton's ass. Stephanopoulos. Uh, everybody. All his friends, you you know, Michael Strahan, and, and, and then he said, you know, uh, why you harping on me with, bla- with, with uh, saying the N-word, exciting things are happening with Black Lives Matter. Who cares about me? Right. He said, actually said exciting things are happening with Black Lives Matter. I'll, I'll have you know, by the way, that Black Lives Matter – is uh, pro, totally pro-BDS. Yeah. Israel is an apartheid state, and uh, they love Lewis Farrell.
2: You don't got to tell me. I, I called them a terrorist organization a month and a half ago. I got taken a tan. And how board, it started it's it's staying like, with it. Exciting things that happen with Black know. Lives Matter. Well, and they got, they're getting people
3: killed in the inner city, left and right, because of the overreaction, the exploitation Of the George
2: Floyd murder, but if you say that, uh, and Jimmy Kimmel had a half-assed apology on his Karl Malone stuff, and his, uh, you know, he used the N word in in, uh, replicating a song by Snoop Dogg, Uh, and these half-assed apologies are good enough if a if a conservative, uh, a white conservative, uh, apologized, he'd never work again. But for for Howard Stern and for Jimmy Kimmel, it's good enough. Who virtue signal did Jimmy Kimmel for years with his uh, Trump hatred? Of course, hundred percent. Which is why he's
7: getting the pass as well.
2: Here's uh, Joe. He's in Howard Beach. Online five this morning good morning joseph
7: good morning boys how you doing
2: how are you joe
7: uh my condolences to you, sydney thank you thank i you. lost my father over 20 years ago he's Sorry. uh he was a cop for 30 years He raised eight children and as a side job i think he painted every rich guy rich <laughs> irish guy's house in, in breezy point <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, and the, that's great the irish hamptons yep, yep. He was, the, he was the head painter there. I'm there
2: almost there. every weekend. Michael Sullivan's house. I love PC, yeah,
7: yeah. He, we, He'd take me to Kennedy's Bar, you know. Yeah. And uh, that's how we pay for his three daughters to go to college, you know. And God bless but, him.
3: Yeah. And you, too, Joe.
7: Yes. Yeah, and I'd like to make a point out about this Letitia James, the one that's the uh, attorney general. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm being treated up at Sloan Kettering now for cancer, nine eleven cancer, my throat and my kidneys. I was a doorman 30 years in in downtown and um, Sorry to hear I, I had trouble with the Medicare, and then I applied to a Medicaid, and they gave me a little runaround. So my union told me to go to her. She, at the time, was the public advocate. So I called her, and the secretary asked me, what was my zip code? I said, 11414. She says, oh, you live in Howard Beach. And it was a black woman, and I says, yes. She says, we'll get back to you. Needless to say, she never got back to me. So I called uh, Melinda Katz. At uh, at the time, she was uh, borough president in Queens, and I called her, and the lady wouldn't let me get off the phone. She wouldn't let me get off the phone. Three days later, I had the papers. I sent them in, and I received the Medicaid about ten days later. So now, with all the stuff going on, I'm saying to myself, one, you know, Patricia James, she's out there with the with the black black this black that. And meanwhile, uh, 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 Katz, I know she's a, she's a little anti-police, but still, I'm saying here's a white Jewish woman with the back for me. And I said, something's wrong. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, Letitia James has had opportunities to do some important stuff. And if I'm Letitia James, I would have started with this, something that Bo Dietl yells about every Tuesday. He'll be back on tomorrow. And thank you both for your kind words. Uh, let's try to find out what happened to the billion dollars. That the mayor's wife was supposed to use to keep some of these crazy people off the train that I take every day, which eventually is going to get me killed.
3: Instead (laughs) of focusing on uh, Trump taxes, which was litigated uh, during the November 2016 election uh, and and, uh, also investigating the cops behavior during the protests. How about to your point investigating Governor Cuomo and also Bill de Blasio's corruption and Charlene's corruption and also
2: the lack of protection for businesses that were looted during the rioting? Uh, your friend, Nicole Maliotakis, did a couple of real good uh, rallies this weekend. I don't know, I mean, does she have a real good chance of beating Max Rose? Absolutely. She does, with, okay. With Trump on the ticket, no doubt about it. Because she had a couple yeah. of very important pro-cop uh, rallies this weekend and some other stuff. Back to blue, baby. Back, back to blue. blue. That's what we say. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Just received another nice message from John Katsimatidis. That's our choice for mayor come 2013. That's a good man right there. I mean that. That's a good man. Thank you, John, for that. We'll come back and wrap things up. Bernie and Sid on a Monday.
5: That's
3: a night that an in innocent, innocent man. Well, Back here, here in the Bernie and Sid show, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. You know, I understand that the, uh, the I think blood the blood cop that faces execution, speaking of this song, yeah. the night the lights went out in Georgia, mm. a man doing his job, a dangerous job, is facing the death penalty. Anyway, I think he was uh, released on bail.
2: He was. You're talking the guy, the, the Rayshon Scott... Incident, the Wendy's guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was. He was. That
3: that is really good news. I mean, because it's just awful. And I mentioned earlier, the creep, uh, you know, who was arrested in Rockaway. uh, That creep was hurling things at people and cops. And uh, for a long time, they put up with a lot of crap from that guy. And now that cop that arrested him faces seven years in prison. He was let go. No charges. While we're on vacation. Guess what? He was arrested not only for stabbing somebody, but even worse. He uttered some anti-gay slurs. No. Yes. Come hate, on. Hate crime. No, that can't be right. Can you believe this? Not these guys. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, everything is ass backwards. Uh, you got uh, th- th- this Bolshevik Bill uh, schmuck. I mean, he knows Black Lives Matter is a Marxist front. He knows that. He knows damn well. He knows that uh, you know you have to create. Or exploit a crisis. In this case, they exploited a crisis, which was the George Floyd crisis, like they tried to do with Michael Brown. Unfortunately for them, it turned out to be a hoax. This was real, and it was on videotape, and they were poised and ready, and they exploited it with great success. What, well, they didn't exploit Michael Brown?
2: Do I have to remind no, you No, they that? did, but it yeah. failed because uh, well. it ultimately, the, the end result, it was exposed as a hoax. Well, we know that. But if you watched Hillary Clinton, for example, uh, the night of the DNC, when Michael Brown's mother was I know. up on I, stage, I, I know they still try to uh, yes. resuscitate it. And even but, on the even on the phone booth here in New York City, his name still pops up. But, Michael Brown with Trayvon Martin but it, and uh, George Floyd. But, it, but the whole the movement essentially
3: sort of died on the virus. Yeah. It went yeah. dormant until yeah. uh, this. And again, I mentioned this earlier: the crisis, global warming, create a crisis if you can. They had that. Uh, the coronavirus, the ongoing uh, 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 pandemic, uh, panic porn, still, they're trying to exploit that crisis by closing these extended lockdowns. This is all political. This is all to, to gain power. And the same thing with the George Floyd. And so ironically, the Black Lives Matter movement is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of black people in the inner cities across
2: the country. Right, and and you're 100% right. I'm glad you said that, because it is. But do you think Bill de Blasio knows, or do you think that because he's married to an African-American woman and he loves his son so much who looks a lot more black than white, you don't think that he's really bought in? I mean, I think Cuomo knows the difference. I think Bill de Blasio has legitimately... Because he's not that bright, I think he's bought in. No, I do. You,
3: you no, know, he's not that bright, but he's smart enough to know this—that uh, this was uh, uh, d- that this is definitely a Marxist front. He okay. knows it. I mean, uh, the woman—and uh, I mentioned this earlier—Roger uh, Stone was pardoned. People are freaking out. The apocalyptic His over sentence was commuted. He wasn't pardoned. Yeah, that's right. It was. It was but uh, Bill Clinton did pardon a woman who is a big-time Black Lives Matter fundraiser. She was a domestic terrorist who uh, bombed our military back a long time ago. She She was sentenced to 58 years. Bill Clinton pardoned her after 15 on his last day. And by the way, so nobody says boo about that. And also, you know, Mark Rich, the guy uh, who, whose wife donated a half million dollars to his library. Obama pardoned Puerto Rican terrorists. And so did Bill Clinton, by the way, uh, 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 pardoned Puerto Rican terrorists in order to curry favor with that electorate here in New York so Hillary could get elected to the New York State Senate, which she did. I mean to the uh, United States Senate from New York, which she did. So the point is this. Uh, some other people have, have uh, expressed, black people have expressed rational sentiments about what's happening in the cities and the so-called uh, Black Lives Matter movement, which, which is nothing but propaganda. They're anything but about Black Lives Matter. They don't care. Don Lemon said as much. We don't care about Black Lives. Black Lives Matter does not care. It's only, the, he claimed it's about police, but it's not even that. Uh, one of the people who spoke some sense was the mayor of Atlanta in the wake of uh, last weekend's carnage in the city of Atlanta. This is what she said.
5: Enough is enough. We're fighting the enemy within when we are shooting each other up on our streets in this city. And you shot and killed a baby. And it wasn't one shooter. There were at least two shooters. An eight-year-old baby. We're demanding action for Sequoia Turner and for all of the other people who were shot in Atlanta last night and over the past few weeks. Because the reality is this. These aren't police officers shooting people on the streets of Atlanta. These are members of the community shooting each
6: other.
3: Speaking of sense. Uh, now, Black Lives Matter has been exposed as a fraud, a hoax, if you will. Uh, and also another one. Another courageous uh, African-American on Fox Sports 1, Marcellus Wiley. Used to work with Jason Whitlock, who we've had on the show. He's a friend of
2: yours. Was a Pro Bowl defensive lineman out of Columbia in the National Football League. Was a very good player for the Buffalo Bills. This is Marcellus Wiley uh, this past
3: week on Fox Sports 1 talking about Black Lives Matter and the real problem in the black community.
5: It's not a good idea. Um, I do want to give the players credit to even get this to be more than just an idea, but something that's going to be in reality. I give the players that, but... There's a problem with when you start to go down this road of the freedom of expression, freedom of speech, and how much social space is allowed for those who don't support in that same space. And that's where I I wonder where this is going to go in terms of identity politics. We know what identity politics does. It divides and it polarizes. No matter how you want to look at it, that's just the effect of it, no matter how great the intentions are. So I understand. I respect your space. I respect what you're protesting for. But will you respect others who don't support that same program? Now,
3: he's talking there about the uh, NBA putting these uh, Black Lives Matter, uh, I hate the cops, F the police, or I can't breathe or whatever on their T-shirts. That's what he's talking about there. He's like, well, what about people who don't respect that, who don't believe it? Can they put something else? For example, uh, Senator Josh Hawley wrote to Adam Silver of the NBA, and he says, can they put free Hong Kong on their jerseys? And uh, one of the ESPN uh, commentators, uh, Wojaniski or whatever the hell his name is, he wrote uh, to Josh Hawley, and he said, F you. Oh, Wojo wrote that? Yeah. That's no, he didn't. That's a real, real intelligent Ooh. comeback. He's huh? like the top yeah, I love the top Wojo. Guy. Yeah, he's top. been on my show a billion times. Wojo wrote that? He wrote that, and he was that's suspended without pay for a long time. And now he's apologizing. Uh, he's bending over backwards. But uh, So, anyway, uh, you have that. But Marcellus Wiley even went on. Even more so, he, 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 he spoke
5: directly about uh, the family, Black Lives Matter, and uh, how phony they are. Take a listen. I don't know how many people really look into the mission statement of Black Lives Matter, but I did. And when you look into it, there's a couple things that jump out to me. And I'm a black man who's been black, and my life has mattered since 1974. And in this organization was founded in 2013. Two things. My family structure is so vital, important to me. Being a father and a husband, that's my mission in life right now. How do I reconcile that, what I just told you, with this mission statement that says, quote, we dismantle the patriarchal practice. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. So in other words, he's saying that obviously the father and
3: the mother and the nuclear family is what made him successful and is what is missing In a lot of the black community, because he went on for a long time. We don't have all the time in the world. But none other than your friend from CNN, fake news CNN, Don Lemon, actually echoed some of that. And some of the stuff, by the way, that I've been saying, I've been uh, echoing some of these really smart black thought leaders like Shelby Steele. And uh, a lot of these guys, Horace Cooper and Thomas Sowell. Anyway, this was Don
4: Lemon actually said this. Believe it or not, you're not going to believe your ears. Take a listen. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues. So please, black folks, as I said, if this doesn't apply to you, I'm not talking to you. Pay attention to and think about what has been presented in recent history as acceptable behavior. Pay close attention to the hip-hop and rap culture that many of you embrace, a culture that glorifies everything I just mentioned, thug and reprehensible behavior, a culture that is making a lot of people rich, just not you, and it's not going to. Infesting in your kids' ears and
3: nesting this uh, some of this uh, pro-thug, Rap music, degrading women, and the problem with blacks, no family. According to Don Lemon, the problem is he said that in 2013. 2013. He would never, he wouldn't dare say it ever in the year 2020. He would not dare. In fact, if he could have that uh, piece of videotape stricken from wherever the hell we got it, he would on the Bernie and How Sid show. He? How dare he? 1 800 We'll come right back. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app and on WLIR 107.1 FM out on Eastern Long Island. Of course, uh, I spoke earlier about that cop. There were two cops, two Latino cops, believe it or not. And and by the way, I just want to make mention, speaking of Latino cops, there were two Latino cops who were killed responding to a domestic abuse call. They were ambushed and shot to death over the weekend. In McAllen, Texas, the daughter actually tweets out a beautiful message to her dad. You are a great man. I love you. Hashtag Blue Lives Matter. She got savaged. She got savaged. Yes. In her moment of grief like this, after her dad was assassinated, essentially, the girl tweets out Blue Lives Matter for her dad. She got savaged. These people have no, they are the most callous, callous, ruthless, evil bastards you can imagine. And so... An NYPD cop placed in, uh, all the news organizations call it a headlock. When the perp puts the cop in a chokehold, they call it a headlock. When the cop puts the perp in a headlock, they call it a chokehold. Isn't that interesting?
2: Isn't that funny? Yeah.
3: So the uh, Sergeants Benevolent Association, which is run by our friend Ed Mullins, he tweets out, Hey, Corey Johnson, your stupid law is about to be signed by New York City's stupid mayor. And he's talking about the defund uh, the police by a a billion dollars. Right. He says, it's time you both take your community input and grab these perps yourself. And he tweets a picture of the copy and put in the chokehold.
2: Corey Johnson, I've been uh, killing him on this show for a long time. I remember, you remember this party maybe six months ago. And Bo came in and actually said, I like Corey Johnson. I go, no, you don't. No, no. No, you don't. In fact,
3: his new pander is... Uh, cutting a billion dollars from the police is not enough. Right. He wants, God, he want, well, he liked to
2: dismantle the whole
3: force. He's just completely pandering. He doesn't know what he wants. He was the one who expanded the police budget in 2015.
2: He doesn't know what he nah, wants. He, he, they're both, he's uh, a pandering uh, yeah. piece of garbage. They're good for each other. Corey Johnson, both of us. Listen, before we get, uh, there's a lot of phone calls here. They want to wish me condolences. We can't get to those today. And more news. I will tell you that I thought about you all day Saturday. Cause I wanted to get away from the news and my dad, And I put on, which is really stupid because they're the worst, ESPN. I know Bill O'Reilly's laughing right now. And all it was was wall-to-wall coverage of UFC 251. And I'm in my living room going, Bernie is so pumped for tonight. I thought about you all day, My friend, My friend, I OD'd on uh, UFC 251
3: from Fight Island out in Abu Dhabi Saturday night. I OD'd. I I heard the fights were great. They were fantastic. And uh, my boy Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. He lost for the uh, oh, he the, lost. the welterweight champ. He lost, but he actually came out in support of the Goya CEO who's <laughs> being a, 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 a boycotted. Funny. Jorge Masvidal, the baddest, the BMF, baddest MF in the in the in the world. That's a very
2: political uh, sport. And you I'll know t- that those it guys is. are Colby Covington. These guys,
3: these guys are tough. They're not like these weenie uh, baseball players and football players. We don't know what we're gonna do. They get out there and they're like, "Tell me where to go and who to fight, and I fight." And they do. Hmm. And Jorge Masvidal took that fight on six days' notice, five rounds, five minute rounds, five five minute rounds with uh, the champ Kamaru, Kamaru Usman. Yeah. And he went five rounds with him, lost the decision. So anyway, that tweet by uh, the, the Surgeons Benevolent Association went to uh, Laura Ingram, Candace Owens, uh, Tucker Carlson, and our our good friend and, and owner John Katzmitidis. Twenty thirteen. So he's in the mix. Bill is in Brooklyn. Bill, you got ten seconds. Good morning. Can't hear. Him. All right, Bill. Thank you for the call. Bill, Bill was part of the march on Fifth Avenue, the pro oh. police march. Okay, Bill. Good. So thank good. you for thank that. Thank you for film.
2: that. And thank you to Sharon in Florida. Line five wants to give me condolences, but we have to run. It was uh, great being back today. It was great seeing uh, Bernie. I love you to death. I really do. I, I can't. I can't even express how much I appreciate your love and support because it's real. It's sincere. So I love you. Thank you. I love all the listeners well, same out there. Here, man. Thank you. The last two weeks, you've really, really uh, take, made me feel. A lot better during this difficult time. And certainly uh, John Katsimatidis and David Brozzi and Chad Lopez, thank you all. We hope you enjoyed the Monday edition of Bernie and Sid in the morning. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Enjoy your sunny Monday yeah. in New York City. Back to blue. That's right. Until tomorrow morning at 6, everybody, from all of us to all of you, peace! peace!